Welcome to episode 396 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the very skinny, 15% fat Jason Roberts. 15% fat. 15% body fat, right? That's isn't, that, isn't that what's going on? That's right. This morning I weighed in at 190.4 pounds with a 33-inch waist and a 15-inch neck. 15. Oh, my which God. Which were the inputs for the, uh, the U.S. Navy method for measuring body fat. Yeah, at least according yeah. to this online calculator. So it gave me that's 15. what they do with the, with uh, Coach Fever as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is pretty accurate. I mean, it's a statistical um, method. I mean, it's not an actual like I'm doing like a body scan or something, but it's so you reasonable. Good. Yeah, I feel great. I mean, I feel great. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's uh, as as he says, I'm aging backwards or I'm de de aging, nice. as she she calls it. Um, yeah, I ask. I ask early this morning so we're and i said uh i said well 190 pounds this morning she's oh, that's good i go do i look thinner to you she's like well your face looks smaller <laughs> and your Basically. and your stomach doesn't go out as well and she made this exaggerated thing like i was Snoopy. nine months pregnant or something all right yeah take this jet i'm like nice just <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah kids they always they're uh always a little too honest but um yeah, cool. Um, feeling great. Um, what's doing it prepared. now? Like, what's what's the what's the what would you say the key pro points for the progress are right now? You know, it's it's always a little hard to to create a, a very um, high degree of certainty around the attribution, like what what's doing what. If you're especially mm, doing right. more than one thing, so I'll talk a little. I can tell you a few things. Um, well, I. A few weeks ago, I took. I decided to stop taking um, cheat days. Um, oh, yeah. And that helped move the needle. But last weekend, I did. I, in fact, I took two days off from working out. And this weekend, I'm, t I'm taking the day off because of Super Bowl Sunday. And um, yeah. the other thing is, I just noticed that I have no problem working out seven days a week, but my knees have a problem with it. <laughs> my knees are like, it's like an accumulated amount of stress. It's like you can't do, I mean, I don't know. I, it, 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 it feels like it's just too much. Like I need at least one day to let, let the, uh, let the body just fully recover and not put any stress on it. And, and, okay. you know, um, so, uh, but I'm also trying not to like take as much of a, like a, a complete cheat day and more a cheat. Just a rest dinner. day. Oh, oh. Thinking, yeah. Wherever it, but didn't. Oh, you still are doing a cheat. Why don't you just not do a cheat and have a rest? Um, I, I feel like I need it. I mean, I just psychologically, okay. I mean, here's the thing, okay. like, it's like a minimum effective dose. I mean, you, I could go down to 1800 calories and starve myself today, but this stuff isn't sustainable. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, you can, you can attest to this, right? How many times have you tried to go all out on these diet stuff in the last three weeks? Right. It just don't sustain. So you gotta, are you drinking a Coke or is that diet? Mm. Coke zero. Zero. I was about to say, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> just laughing in the face. Diabetic, just sucking down. <laughs> <laughs> God. Coke. Um, so, um, okay. So, I, and I think I think that helps a little bit, right? Um, okay. 
So try not to either do so much damage as I would do and in terms of just the caloric deficit for the week. Um, but I, I think I might have to just uh, not work out, though, and just recover. So I think that helped. The other thing is um, I bought my – I think I told you before in a previous show that I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the, of the walking, doing as much. Oh, you've gone back to skepticism again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to do versus not doing it. I mean, I think, you know, you, you should, you know, if, if you're just sitting your ass on the couch all day, you should go out and try and get a few walks in. We'll probably move the needle to a degree. Um, but it's not a good, it's not a one for one or even close replacement for doing like intervals or I mean, cardio. I find, um, I, I, yeah, I find cardio, even just a small amount of cardio gets my general system i just feel more i don't know what for want of a better word fit i mean i just i feel something i just like if because it because it's different for you because like you have totally worked out for forever but me i've been sedentary forever and so when i do do cardio and then when i keep it up and when i like have a couple of weeks of it it's like okay that was different to doing 45 minutes walk every day even 15 minutes cardio every day is different to doing 45 yeah, minutes walk I mean, every day. because you're not getting your heart rate up and walk. I mean, walking yeah. is not really exercise unless you're 80. Right. It's just not. I mean, yeah. um, and uh, better than nothing, but don't kid yourself and think that you're actually exercising. Um, so, um, so I'm still, I, I still like walks. I still, um, what I've do, what I've done is I've kind of s- split the difference. I, when instead of going, when I go to lunch, I still park like a mile, little over a mile away, and I walk there and back. And then I, you know, I, I actually take the dog for a, a you know half hour walk every day. So those are three big walks. So I still get in probably twelve thousand steps anyway. Okay, but that's I'm no longer good. walking. I'm no longer walking to and from the gym because that's like twenty two minutes. So it's like forty five minutes there and back. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'd rather get another fifteen minutes of intense cardio. And so pushing it up from like, say, 450, 500 calories to 650 to 800 calories on the, of, of cardio. And, and, then I'm, and then I'm still able to cut my, um, cut my time in the gym by a half hour, which is good. Because it, get, it was getting a little long. It was getting a little excessive. So, um, uh, so that's really good. Uh, the weight loss, I'm targeting, I'm trying to get down to... I mean, I don't actually know what the the real like limit is. Like, wh- what do I hit point where it just becomes like too hard? You you look like, or, or you just look bad because you're just well, like that's, okay. I mean, that's you have to get like really, the machinist. Yeah. You know, you know that's obviously ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> but um, I think you know, I'm I'm thinking like you know, it's, it's funny they were on that on that body fat calculator. It's like fourteen to seventy percent. Fourteen to seventeen percent is um fitness. You know, above that is normal that's fitness and below 14% is athlete. It's like that 11 to 13. And then below that is, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm like, you know, if I get down on 13%, like that would be really lean. But, um, you know, when I was, when I was sort of, uh, competing in college and track and stuff, I mean, I was around 183 pounds. Okay. Um, and I've been looking at my, uh, I was comparing my spreadsheet from the, the super project superhero spreadsheet from, uh, 2014, yeah, so that's about ten years ago, and um, I have almost a one to one in terms of body, just like my waist to weight. So it means that the body, which means the body composition is the same. It's not like, well, you weigh the same, but you actually have, have you tried doing the jump then? Have you I haven't. Jump? I haven't. I haven't gone since uh, right Christmas. So I'm kind of thinking, well, once I get, um, 
a little lower. I'll I'll try. I kind of want to make. I I guess I kind of want to stack the deck. I want to be like. I want to make sure there's a discernible. So you're difference. gonna you're gonna get your single leg press really high, and you're gonna get weight really low, and then you're something gonna go like for that. It. I mean, I'm not gonna go to the nth degree, but I might. I the mean, human getting, flea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, the thing I was gonna say, I in terms of workouts, I. You know, because I said the, the knee, I was accumulating too much stress on yeah. my knees and my knees, knees were yeah. hurting. I was getting kind of tendonitis. And part of the problem was, I think it was just, I was trying to do too many different types of leg exercises on the same day. And okay. it, was just, it was just too much volume. The knees were just like, fuck this. You know? <laughs> and so what I've decided to do is split into an A and a B workout where I have A, which is more like your strength max max we've got like a max strength ex- exercise you know your you know kind of squats and stuff and the and the b workout is more um faster moving weight fat lighter weight faster explosive stuff which i i experiment with and i'm like you know my knees feel better there's a lot less stress you spread it out and, and, then, and you spread those workouts over they're like four or five days of work parts so i think part of the thing is is like you just gotta you gotta be kind of smart you just can't you just can't uh act like there's no cost to the to to, to doing the stress and because i'm not at that level yet i'm, I'm well i'm not talking about you right so yeah, you know, i know civilized you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean if even guys it's funny i was watching this stuff who are like guys who are like even in their early 20s they're they're you know they get into this sort of vertical jump training and they start doing squats and cleans and plyometrics and jumping and they and they all the ones who are serious about it like they, they got almost without exception, they gave themselves really bad patella tendonitis and were knocked out for like seven months. And they, cause you, cause you know, in your twenties, you think you're invincible, right? Mm. You can do anything. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. So what, do how would they, like, what would be the perfect plan for them? Well, to part of it that? is like, A, you need to like uh, manage your volume load management like you can't you can't just be you need to let your body recover and then so that's it so just like just like i said like spread it out don't do seven leg exercises do three or four like that's enough for a day and the the second and and the second like john and a lot of times i would go out and do like practice dunking for like an hour and a half like multiple days a week and like that's like really hard on the knees like just dumb stuff that even when you're 23 you're still gonna screw yourself up because Mark, uh, his uh, lifting thing was so impressive, and he left a, a like a week between every uh, thing. And I know that's only slightly related, but it is kind of related. Because he he let let there be the cool down and let there be the recovery, and um, made some huge gains when he was lifting. Yeah, Did you see that? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm I've noticed the same thing too. That like when um, well, it depends the kind of lifting you're doing. If you're doing sets of ten, if you're doing more like bodybuilding workouts, you know, mm-hmm. sets of ten to f- 15 and you know you don't you don't need as much your body doesn't um, need, take as much damage but when you're doing like sets of three to five or one like that really really creates a lot of stress on your uh, ligaments and tendons and those take a lot longer time to recover so my friend was uh, uh yesterday was over here and was telling me the story about a, a guy on youtube who um who is like a professional um i guess weight lifter mm-hmm. but he doesn't look big or anything and so what he does is he kind of he he does pranks where he goes into gyms and he dresses up as the janitor. Yeah, I've like seen so that. these these oh you've seen that these giant and he goes guys. and he, there's like this huge this bar 
you know, it has like five or six hundred pounds on it, and he just like you know, and the guy picks it up with one hand. Like this guy puts, he's like working so hard. Like this guy with giant muscles is working so hard to do this, and then he like picks it up with one hand and like sort of puts it. <laughs> yeah, he's like a power. Like, he's like a professional powerlifter. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's um, like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you can get um pretty strong without getting huge if you focus on that like you're not trying to mm. put on mass and you get a lot of neural adap- adaptation and you focus on um lower repetitions not hypertrophy necessarily you know whatever i mean the bodybuilders eat a lot of extra f- food extra calories yeah, right. yeah. they do a the lot protein. of hypertrophy so we a lot of like higher repetitions a lot of volume I mean, there is there is a very high correlation between putting on this bigger muscle. All things being equal, bigger muscles can be stronger than a s- smaller muscle. But there's also a lot of give in there, right? Like you can, you know, you can give guys who are smaller and they just really focus on the, the on, on the neural adaptation aspect of it. And so if you're if you're a weight if you're a power lifter or an Olympic weightlifter, which of course are different things, but they have weight classes, and you're you're you need to stay in a weight class, just like a boxer, or wrestler, right? Then it's like you want to be as strong as possible while not getting over a certain weight. Because if you go over the weight, it. now you're in the higher weight class. Now you're going to be a lot stronger. Right? Yeah, yeah. The guys who are five or seven pounds heavier than you are way stronger than you. So it's like, I need to, I can't put on any extra muscle. So they have to like not overeat and, and everything. So yeah. Anyway, but, um, um, is it right if I give a quick, my quick update for health? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say a couple more things real quick. Um, okay. Cool. So the, and then we'll, uh, the, uh, so, Right. So just the thing, one of the things I've learned, I've, I've been kind of learning about my body is like, just right. Just like you said with Mark, you got to give yourself time to recover. And I think, I think even in your twenties, you need to be careful, but when you're, when you're forties and fifties, you really, I think got to be pay close attention to not overdoing it and making sure you're not doing too much volume or too, too much intensity that you got to space it out. Cause I, I lightened up my upper body cause I'm trying to get rid of some, I'm, I'm working on um, solving some tendonitis issues with my elbows and lifting a lot of the upper body exercises sort of aggravate it. And so it's like, I'm trying to do like sort of minimal maintenance lifting for upper body, try not to lose any strength, but not great problems. And when you do that, all of a sudden, like my, my upper body feels better. Like I don't have any aches or Mm. pains. Right. So it's like, keep the volume minimal. You don't, you're not always going super heavy. You're about, you're going to feel a lot better. Um, the, so I'm trying to be a lot smarter about, about this um, because I think big part of staying in the game, if, if I'm going to reach my goal of dunking by the year, like I can't get injured, right? I get injured and I take myself out for three or six months and I'm, I'm done. And it's the same thing I tell early when I pick up from gymnastics and I'll be like, listen, sweetheart, like got to listen to your body. You know, if you're going to be an elite athlete, you're going to compete at the, an elite level. It's not just about working and training your hardest. It's about not letting small problems, small injuries become big injuries or big problems. You got to pay really close attention when you have like a little thing in your back or your foot or your knee. You need to address it. You might need to have it assessed. You might need to do some rehab. Just pay attention because a little thing become a big thing real quick, real quick. Mm. And it can go from something that just for a second half of practice is annoying you to you're out for six months because you didn't listen to it the next practice and you push through it. Now you're screwed. Now it's done. Now you're done. How right. is she doing, by the way? Um. Well, so she's up to level nine, which I think I talked about. So now she has two meets that she has to... The, the goal for the next two meets is to qualify for level 10, which is mm-hmm. the highest 
final level, right? Which is okay. what she wants to be at going into next year. And and so she only has two meets left to do it. And she has to get a 34 across four events total, right? Which is an eight, an average of an 8.5 or higher on four events. So she can't blow up any events. She can't scratch any events. She has to do a pretty a solid job in four, all four events. And with the, the level yips, nine routines. Side, the yips side of things, that's all. Yeah, that, that doesn't seem to be as an issue right now. Okay, great. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, what happened uh, last week, she she came back. This was, uh, what's today today? Or is it this week? Uh, this week, I don't know. Anyway, she she came back from, um, yeah, well, geez, it was already, it was this, I think it was this week. Anyway, she came back uh, from seeing Jeremiah, the performance coach, the Colby had worked out with for years. So she works yeah. out with him a couple of days a week doing strength training and whatnot. And she's like, Jeremiah thinks I have a stress fracture. It's not in her in her um, lower leg. It's not uh, uh, shin splints. Hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, you know, and so this is exactly what I was talking about. Small problems become big problems. You've had the shin splints thing. And it's like, are you treating it? Are you doing all the rehab you need to be doing? The strengthening exercises, everything multiple times a day or not, right? I mean, she's a 15 or 16-year-old kid, right? And it's really hard to, I mean, she's not a 25-year-old professional athlete who knows how to like, knows how important yeah. it is to take care of all these details, right? They're just, she has schoolwork. She's just, she's, she's just, you know, whatever. So, I was like, oh, man. And so uh, Sandy was like, well, what do we do? And I was like, well, he's at a master's in physiology and sports science. He's not an idiot, right? Like he he knows what he's talking about, so we need to take this seriously. And I, was like, and I went and looked up on the web, and I was like, what, how do you know a stress, fra- a stress fracture versus shin splints? And she's like, a stress fracture is going to hurt even when you're not on your feet and you're just lying down or sitting down. And I was like, does it hurt that? She's like, yes. And I was like, oh, man. And I was like, well. And so I went, and she's like, well, do you want to make an appointment? with her with the orthopedic surgeon to get an analysis and so when i went and checked and i'm like well he's not available his first appointment is on the 19th which is like a week and a half and i was like so what are we gonna do like not have her trained for we don't know and then she's like what do you want to take her urgent care i'm like yeah take her urgent care let's get a x-ray you know like we need to know what the situation is because if yeah. she has a shit a stress fracture she stop like right now she cannot yeah, yeah. do anymore. She can't yeah, do she hard landing because you do a hard landing, which you know, what is what happens at every practice is all these kind of vaults and doing double it could, spinning. It could like flip. literally split it. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't like break like that, but it would it would create worse in the stress fractures and take yeah. longer to heal, bigger problems. So I'm like, you know, we need to um, we need to know what's going on. Um, anyway, so Sandy took her. I guess it was Thursday morning, maybe. She took her to uh, the urgent care and came back. Nothing. She's fine. No stress oh, fracture. They did x-rays. They the did. radiologist. The doctor said, okay, yes, there's no evidence. Okay, so great. A, so okay. that was like a dodge bullet. I was like, oh, thank God. Because that could just, that would, her you season would be everything. over. Yeah, would, yeah her season would yeah. be over. There's no qualifying for state or regionals. There's no, uh, you know, going so to. So how are you going to get rid of the pain then? Is it just ice? No, I mean. It's so, so here's the thing. That's the one thing mis- people make mistake people make with a lot of injuries. They think, oh, I just like just treat the pain, right? I just ice it, or I take some ibuprofen. And that's really treating a symptom. You need to address the issue, which is typically you need to make the muscle. If it's a muscle, you need, you know, sometimes it's just time, just need a little time yeah. to heal. But also, what you can do is do strengthening exercises. And how do we strengthen exercise? We do 
you know, I mean, how do we make muscle stronger? So we do strengthening exercises, progressive overload, right? And so, okay. you, you know, whatever it is. So it's like she's got to be doing some different types of exercises and stuff. So huh. I need to, I actually need to get, I need to talk to Jeremiah and just be like, what is she supposed to do so I can stay on top of her? And she need to be doing this, you know, or, or talk, maybe even talk to my physical therapist. It's like, she should be doing this twice a day, three times a day. What does she need to be doing? Because, yeah, because like you say, just screw up the whole Christmas season. Anyway, um, but anyway, just to finish off, uh, one last thing on the whole Project Superhero stuff. Um, the um, the back program that I'm doing, oh yeah, is, is working. Is working. Yeah, my um, my uh, um, that sort of sciatic, sort of that pinched nerve feeling in my lower left back. Has is greatly reduced and, and 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 much less frequent now. Yes, and I tried out what you described uh, one time in the last show and oh, so completely dumb. put my back. Why out. would you do that? You don't know you're. <laughs> oh, Jesus is obviously this. You have no idea what you're talking about. Like what? <laughs> I'm working with a physical therapist, like I, a doctor in physical therapy, who does an assessment, directed assessment of pain. Say, so here's what you do, and then you just hear me talk about mentioned on the show. Oh and you man, just do, like I was in so much pain for a day, and then. I uh, got I don't know some kind of flu situation, but I'm back on I'm back on the the the, the track now. So lo- the last time was on the 31st when I was doing good work, good uh, good uh, exercise, mm-hmm. and then I basically had to stop for nine days to get over the back and get over the flu. And uh, a couple of days ago, I'm I got back on. I'm, I'm and I absolutely love it. I really do love it. I love that uh, Bowflex and that cardio. So I'm excited to move forward with it. I am slightly worried because my nine-year-old cousin sneezed directly in my face, and she has flu, and she sneezed directly in my face into Why my open eye. Why are you that close eye- to her anyway? Into my open eyeballs. Why are you that we were, close we anyway? We were playing she's got statues. We were playing Why are statues. You that, if she has flu, I would just be away. From, I would not be like she. I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. So, but I'm. But ho- <laughs> if I have a sick kid, I'm like, don't, don't, don't even come near me. You, my own kids. I'm like, nope. I'm not even in the same room. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, um, so well because we'll you had already had some kind of an illness, you probably your yeah, immune system is probably in over over. You know, it's I was in thinking that because so I don't feel fine. that bad. I mean, I feel. I mean, I I did work out today. I feel fine, but maybe it takes longer than a day. But the other thing I was reading, and maybe this is complete BS, but I was reading that if you do this, do cardio like twenty minutes, thirty minutes cardio, it raises the temperature of your body in the same way that not in the same way, but to similar levels that fever might do so that can actually stave off uh the illness because it Mm. like hurts the you know the the bacteria or the virus or whatever i don't know i I mean certainly you're fitter you're working out you're you're, that that keeps you from you don't get as sick as frequently that's for sure how often do you get sick anyway not very often this is like my first sick for uh, i don't know a year or something okay yeah so um that's good. Anyway, I don't think I'm, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. You're good. I am back on track. Um, to, I'm like, this is my second day back into it. Like, so I was doing it before, and I am doing it again, and I want to do it every day, and that's it. So, well, how about that, the? That's, that's my update. And what about the Coach Viva stuff? Uh, the Coach Viva, I'm I'm going through it. Um, it's just, it it's good stuff. I mean, it's it doesn't really change too much of what I'm doing because, I mean, I am doing it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the key thing was though. Well, the thing with Coach Viva is that they're you're really tracking everything, and they're giving you feedback on what you're doing or not doing, right? I mean, that's well, they'd the give key. me feedback if I called up. 
but you if don't. I called it, so you're not I doing anything. I guess I'm you should not go through it. it. They give you some materials that you've skimmed. Yeah, well, I'm it. not skimming it. I'm going through it properly, but it's just like it is reams of material. I mean, they've and they've they've written really good material. I'm just going through it slowly. But that's not really what the service is about. That's why you didn't pay five thousand dollars for a PDF. I mean, I I I I kind of wish I hadn't paid that five thousand dollars, but I don't I, I don't really want to ask for it back. But um, I am. I mean, you're, I you're supposed to be the whole the whole reason to do it was for accountability. So like daily and weekly accountability, right? Isn't that yeah. what the whole thing was? And they would track, but you're not doing that. Are you tracking your all the stuff every day? Like well, supposed I, to? not not exactly. No. At so the basically, just say no. Just say, Jason, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm not doing these in the service. I'm not tracking anything. No, I'm not doing anything. Like why okay. just say that? I mean, I'm not why doing just admit anything. It? I guess. All right, fair why? enough. But why? Because the question is why. Um. I mean, why? But because you know, it gives it gives someone a bad feeling if they're not like um, doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. But why aren't you doing the things you're supposed to be doing? Oh, I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, I'm just, I don't know, too busy, just just doing all my other stuff. I feel like if I do the if I do my, I mean, I'm on the Azempic, right? Yeah, which I think is having like a natural. So you're hoping for a shortcut. You're just you're kind of just hoping I'm, that's going to do the magic. I think trick I'm hoping you. like that. Azempic plus the workouts will make a difference. That's that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. You're what looking your... at me with disgust. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, what does Georgie say? She's got to be like, "What are you doing? Is she pissed that you spent the money and aren't doing it? Or are you just um, not really telling her that you're not doing it?" I'm not. Re- I mean, she probably is pissed. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> all right, right so well, tell me good luck <laughs> so tell me luck. tell me um i do i am really keen to know on math academy did the mm. did the growth keep going up or did you pla- did you plateau like what what happened yeah, there? i mean it's leveled off We're, we are still growing slightly it seems like um the word of mouth is above the churn Currently. Okay, that's good. Uh, so it's a slight like we're we're continuing to drift up. We're we're getting more new signups and we are getting cancels. So anytime you get a bunch of signups, right? It's for, it's a thirty day free trial. I mean, if, uh, money back, which is like a free trial, right? So you, there's almost like failed activations than they are churns, right? How many of those have gone past that thirty days now from from Gabe's post? I don't know. Has it been thirty days for? Most of them. Um, I think it probably has been about thirty days. Uh, it's been, it's like been at least few weeks. It was at least I don't know uh, two episodes ago. I don't know. I I don't really. I don't look at the numbers that closely. I mean, okay. I don't like obsess over the numbers because it doesn't affect anything, right? Like me staring at the numbers all day and refreshing, continually refreshing my screen is sort of a distraction, <laughs> right? It's like okay. it's like when companies like go public and then all employees get distracted by the stock price. Everybody's just staring at the stock price. It's like, dude, just do your damn job. Like, don't worry about the stock price. You know. So that's yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, Sandy keeps a closer track of this. I mean, she she she's back and forth with customers all day long. She's tracking yeah. how people are doing. She's emailing back and forth. You know, whether it's like. You know, everything from credit card failures to people who set up accounts and she's like, all right, have they gotten going? Are they, do they seem stuck? Because sometimes you can tell it's like, okay, they've signed up, but they still haven't taken the diagnostic. Mm-hmm. It's been a week. What's going on? 
do you need, do you need some help? Are you confused? So she kind of is keeps on top of she's that. She's tracking she, it. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. She's tracking it and taking action on it. Right. It's, it's actionable information for her. Um, but um, yeah, but the big numbers I did say we did cross the halfway point to the goal. The year, the, my, the yearly goal I set out on the. So you know, the yearly goal was to triple. Well, the early goal was well, the more to triple to get to seventy five k monthly, yeah. re, you know, revenue. Um, and at that point, we were like at twenty one and change, twenty maybe barely twenty two, maybe a little below twenty two. And now we're at thirty eight and change, so we're more than halfway. Um, now it's not going to drift up to seventy five, and there's going to require some additional marketing efforts more it's pushes need more pushes but, yeah but at least not one or two more pushes to to get it there but um yeah i mean it was funny like i i i looked into the uh bank account i always have to check the bank account before i you know pay alex or whatever to make sure that i don't have any money in the account a lot yeah. of times it's like my sweetheart, I need to move. I just moved five thousand into the bank, the business account. I just moved seven thousand. I just moved three thousand. She's like, okay, I'll go sell some Uber stock. You know, I mean, so it's like it's this constant. It's a one way thing. And uh, I looked at it, and it was like thirty nine grand. And I was like, <gasps> there's actually you money. Can pay people. I can money. pay people. There's actually, money in the bank account. <laughs> I don't actually have to put any more money in. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like that was such a relief. You know, so hopefully at this point, it, it's no longer, I don't have to put any more money in. That'd be great. At all. Like, that's it. Like, but now we can just eat. Now it's just purely what you kill. Right? Yeah. I mean, before yeah. it was kind of like, well, it was close. You know, we weren't, you know, occasionally I had to put more money. You know, we didn't quite cover everything, but now it's now it is. So that's, that's right. Really cool. That is really great. And, um, like, what, like, are you going to build the thing that I want you to build? The I don't diagnostic, know what you're talking about. The oh, free diagnostic. diagnostic. Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, let me get to that one second. One thing I was going to say about that, you know, they're very similar thing to like the whole working out and stuff to Math Academy, which is in both cases, like these are long-term efforts and it's just, you just got to chip away. Every day. I mean, you have to have a goal. You need to be shooting towards some concrete specific target, I think. I, I think you need to be shooting for stuff and you have to have a long-term goal and you have some, like, some shorter-term goals of, okay, what, how am I, what am I going to do? You need to be continually reassessing what's working and not working and whatever. But it's, it's all about like just get in every day and do the best job you can do. Like move the needle a little bit every day. And then it adds up over time. It compounds over time. Um, so, which is kind of interesting watching both of them at the same time, you know, they're, they're both very, there's very, um, it's a similar thing in that there's a high correlation between input and output. Like I work hard, stuff happens, right? Like, but it's not guaranteed, right? I can, as a lot of times I've kind of worked out really hard and I don't know this is weight. I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, it's like really frustrating. So you can't really look on on that level. I mean, you need to keep an eye on it. So if like weeks go by and nothing's happening, you make some adjustments. But um, same with the Math Academy. Oh, I built this or we did this. And some stuff's going to make a difference and some stuff is not, you know. So um, in terms of the uh, the diagnostic, I mean, we haven't done that yet. I mean, that is not the highest priority. Um, the higher priority is fixing bugs and smoothing out rough edges because 
we have, I mean, we're, we're, I think Sandy said we're approaching 900 users, uh, live uh, active users or active accounts or something like that. Um, well, the more people you have, the more customer support there is, all else being equal. So course, there's yeah. a limit to how much customer support Sandy can provide to either way, either it, A, it overwhelms her, B, she can't spend time doing anything that's going to move the needle as any high points of leverage, right? Because everything's a one-off, you know, support. You're, you, you save a customer account because they were getting frustrated and they're happy. Okay, that's great. But there's no leverage in that. So um, you need to... Uh, or three, you have to hire somebody. Now you just spend money and I get to train them and then they might not stick around or they might suck. I mean, you know, there's a whole other headache. So you don't want to have to hire a bunch of people. So what you need to do is continually improve the onboarding experience, the user experience, fix bugs, and uh, make it easier for people to figure out how things work through its videos or whatever so that we can reduce, you know, how many customer support emails are going to get for every, you know, Hundred users or something, and we can. What are your thoughts about um, something like Gabe had suggested, intercom, um, and sort of like self serve chat system on the site or something? Maybe, but um, the okay. The problem is okay. First of all, you're you're talking about something like an AI chat. Or are you talking about where they just chat with us? Well, it's it's like yeah, it's it's chat with us, but it also has. Well, how's that different from emails? Answers. How's that different from emails? It it has preloaded um, answers and stuff. Um, well, because it has preloaded answers. Okay, so you're talking about the so, AI so, aspect of it. Well, well, no, it's it's actually. I mean, there is the AI aspect too, but like even before AI came along, that that was the the big thing about Intercom. The selling point is like when when one question is answered many times, it checks for the keywords, and then as you start typing, it says, "Oh." Could, could this help you? Could this help you? Could this help you? And it sort of suggests four articles that can help you so that you get a lot less traffic coming through. Got to write the articles, right? Answered. Got to write the articles. Well, the, the articles kind of self-write themselves as you, because you answer people in the tool and then that, that gets captured. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a tool that also helps to capture the things which or creates the articles, which means that less people contact you. How does it take, how does it take an inter- back and forth and write an actual cogent article on that? Are you sure about that? I mean, it, it actually writes at least itself. Got, I don't think it writes itself, but, yeah, but see, at that least sounds you've like got bullshit the... to me. It sounds like you have to write the articles and then link it to it, and then and I mean, I don't know, maybe it does, but it just sounds like yeah. So, but, but even then, it's still saving time because you because you have. Well, oh, after you write the articles, when the articles take a lot of time because you have a hundred different questions, a hundred different articles you got to write, right? Well, no, because the the part of the thing about writing the articles is you have to actually write it, right? You have to think about it from scratch, but That's here. Right. You have all the times that you've answered those people in the tool, right? About that thing. So you like tag it and you say, oh, I answered them here, I answered them here. And then you can just go, okay, that's pretty much the article wrote itself when I answered the people. I just copy the text that I answered them with and put it into the article. Yeah, yeah. So it. so here's 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 what we're gonna do. So you know what would be even better than that? Is fixing the product so I don't even get confused in the first place. Do you think that's yeah. even better? I do. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, like, let's not even get to the point where they're confused. Like, let's make okay. the product better. Um, and, and in addition, and secondly, in terms of improving the product experience, the second is, um, I think, before we getting articles out there, is having um, drip emails that sort of preempt some of this stuff, that explain mm-hmm. some of this stuff, and also videos 
you know, it's videos. Yes, because people are much, much more, um, I think, are much more apt to read or read something short. That's one screen or watch like a one to one and a half to three minute video than it is to read an article. And then, of course, an article with screenshots and stuff. I mean, nobody wants to do that. And they're only going to do that if they're already frustrated and they don't know how to do something. In which case, you're already kind of at a, at a negative point and you're trying to recover from it. Like, versus annoyed. Like, how do I, I mean, do this? I, I told you with Plugio, I pulled you know email support down to almost zero by just preemptively putting a video in every place where people kept on asking me questions. Yeah. And so I just, just like... Watch this video to learn how to do this, which it was, always came up at just the right time. They watched the video, and then they did. That was yeah, that yeah. Was the point. So I'm I'm not I'm not against intercom. The problem with intercom though is now you have to be on customer support all the time, right? Synchronously. Yeah. So Sandy you know, has to it, what? It is asynchronous. Mo- it is. It is asynchronous. But they're when someone goes into chat, they're expecting someone to answer within a couple minutes. Right, I don't get on chat expecting to wait three hours. It's true, right? So does it take over your life? It'll ruin your life. I mean, Sandy already has a ton of emails, so now she's got to be like babysitting this chat thing all day long. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, so that's it. That doesn't make okay. any sense. That sounds horrible. So, um, she. Uh, I mean, if you hire someone and that's their job to sit there and do it all day, that's fine. But for us, I mean, Sandy is generally very responsive to emails um mm-hmm. but she can't it can work around she's like well i gotta you know go into the store and i gotta pick early up and i gotta take this okay then, I, then she'll come back she'll yeah exactly you, you have a life you can have a life you can deal with it <laughs> and um in the meantime i so i think i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do that but where we're gonna fix the things that are causing the most confusion or frustration in the product and then for that we create drip emails and videos to answer the other questions and and go, and go from there I mean, cause, and because because I don't want to I don't want to create more load, customer support load or irritation, make our lives worse, and I don't want to tire people. What is the timeline on my free diagnostic? Yeah, I've I've been thinking about. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't like. It I mean, anymore. I know you think it's like going to change everything, but I'm not sure mm. because here's the thing: free diagnostic. Mm, what do. happens? What happens when something's free, Justin? It's a, it's. It's a something like this is a loss leader. I mean, this is perfect. It's just like no, no, no. But what happens? So tons and tons of people will take it, use it, start it, yeah, and not take it seriously. And it will be a non-serious fuck around attempt by a lot of people. Right? They'll take it seriously when they get when when they do it, and then it tells them all the places that all the math. No, no, they won't get that until they have to finish the exam. And the exam takes anywhere from you know you know get anywhere from I don't know twenty to. 45, 50 questions means you got to take it seriously. It's not like, what's your favorite color? What state Yeah, but so in? what? I mean, so I'm saying most people, so what's going to happen is you're going to have a huge amount of, of um, garbage. You're going to have a lot of noise. You're going to have a ton of people coming in who are non, not serious. And that's just going to um, burden our servers and clutter things up. And um, what, what, what's it going to clutter up? Database with all kind of shitty. Um, oh, da- oh, database. I mean, like, I don't like, know. I mean, I'm just not a big. Of, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of um of. I like people to commit to stuff. Like I don't like, want. I just think. But 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 like even even if it is just like whittling down. I mean even if it is this big funnel, right? Imagine so some people come in, they spend a minute, they give up. Another people spend spend five minutes, they give up. It doesn't matter because essentially 
the ones who stick it out and who get to it and then get down to the end and complete it, now all of a sudden you found the serious the serious ones. Those are the serious people. You don't care about the other people. But the thing is, there's no like it it is a great marketing mechanism because lots of people think, oh, I'm so good at math. I'm so I'm so smart. I'm you know, or I I really want to test myself and see how good I am. And so you put that out there and then Hacker News and other places, I will tell, because Mark will always say, why do you only ever talk about Hacker News? Okay, LinkedIn, you know, any, Twitter, any place in the world, people who are interested in math and think and really enjoy the subject and uh, or have been thinking about learning it will now have a place to go and say, quantitatively say, where am I at? And they'll be able to see, oh, this is where I'm at. And by the way, you can, you can fix that with Math Academy or you can go somewhere else. Yeah, no, it's I get me- it. I mean, I believe me, I mean, I... I I was the one who came up with this idea a year and a half ago. So it's not like, okay. you know, I there two years ago. Um, but now you're down on it. But I'm just, I have reservations about whether I want to Because deal I with like it, it. No, no, just because nothing comes without a cost. And you have to figure out okay. what's the, what's the, what's going to be the, the cost of this. Um, is okay. there going to be, are there going to be a lot of people banging on our server who are just clowning around and not serious? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering how much. I mean, wanna... you have like huge servers, and you have like infinite databases, and I don't, I don't think those are real concerns. Just to just to be Jason back to you, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it might <laughs> I might be Jason, <laughs> maybe. Well, um, the I can, I have to kind of like I don't even have my list up here. I got to talk. I'd have to get it from Sandia on on our sort of top, all our top priority. Right now, I'm just trying to fix some some glaring um, issues that I need to fix. Um, that okay. are causing problems. So for instance, like one, like, you know, I, I mentioned how we've um, started creating free response questions in a lot of our topics. Yeah, that's huge. Right, right. Yeah. So that's, problem is um, that initially, initially Alex had not created, so we have, we, we for every, for every knowledge point, we have a certain number of what we call practice questions and they show up sort of like on our pra- on our reference lessons that they're not actually used in the actual assignments, but they're sort of like good exemplars of what all the other questions are like, except they're all multiple choice. And he started, and because a lot of these knowledge points became almost everything went for free response, he started creating free response versions of these questions. Unfortunately, I had completely forgotten to implement free response on the reference lessons so we have all these people going wait i'm getting these lessons no, there's no there's no answers are populated and i'm like oh, oh, okay shit. and then so i'm working on that and there's a lot but that required a complete rewrite of the way the whole these things work and then um also we created this whole select that told you you kind of like how with proofs you could go through and you could have like you know kind of yeah. Select the options, drop downs yeah. in, embedded in different parts of the question. And um, we have a ton of that now. And Alex is like, I got like 150 topics I'm ready to push out, but they have all, they're all selects. So it's like, what do you, you know, when's this stuff going to be ready? So I have to, and that has to be implemented in lessons and in quizzes and in the diagnostics. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot, <laughs> right? And it's just you as well. So you're like, well, Jason, why don't you do the diagnostics? Because I got other shit to do, dude. I got like more <laughs> okay. important stuff to All right. do. All right, got it, got um, it, got it. You know, and- The ship is sinking and you've, you've got, to fill the, got to fill the hole. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, of course. And meanwhile, Sandy's like, okay, we got to get stuff working for India because India is content. People from India are continually trying to sign up and it won't allow them to Stripe will not long sign up. We need Apple Pay and we need Google Pay and 
You know, I mean, there's like a huge number of just like, let me get my list of. That's cool that people from India keep signing up. What, what any trying to sign attrib- up. Trying any to sign attribution? Up. Like, what's the what's the source? Just the general hacker news stuff, like Google, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know to that level. Um, math is kind of a big deal in India, right? Yeah, those Indians, I love math. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's a big country, a lot of people, so I'm sure there, there, there's plenty of... And they, they, most of them speak English, especially yeah. in school. Right, it's part of their. Mm-hmm. They're educated in English. So, like know? when you say when you say a lot of people keep signing up, like it, this has happened like well, like two fifty thousand. But I mean, it's like it happened ten times, fifty times. I don't even know enough to annoy Sandy that it doesn't work. <laughs> and that's all I care about, right? <laughs> like you know, you say, so what? What motivates you? It's like <laughs> it not irritating my wife. That is doesn't annoy Sandy. <laughs> if my wife is irritated, like I'm going to solve that problem. Like, I mean, that I is care. the ultimate. Business KPI. <laughs> yeah. It's How like... annoyed is Sandy? Like, get her annoyance okay. level. Yeah, Sandy's annoyance. I need to get that down to a two from a seven, right? I mean, it's like, okay. God. So, like, you know, here's an example one. It's like reactivating. We have a lot. We had a number of people coming in and trying to reactivate an existing industry. So, maybe they had, let's say they had one or let's say they had two kids. Their son, they, their daughter was continuing to use it, but their son stopped using it because he was busy with school or whatever, right? So they cancel the account, and they come back six months later. It's like, okay, well, I want to, I want to reactivate. It. How do, I, how do I do that? Well, there's no way to do it. You email Sandy, and Sandy's like, oh, okay, I'll tell Jason, and then I go into the database and I tweak a bullshit. You know, what I mean, it's like, okay, so I had to like create it so that when a deactivated account, a canceled account, could still show up and it will show that it's deactivated. Then you could reactivate. So I did that. But then there's a situation for the adults where it's like once you canceled, you're like out of your account. Like you can't even get back into it, right? It's just like closed. It's, you can't log in, right? Which, you know, when you think about it, when you're initially an account, when someone closes an account, you just deactivate. They can't log in, right? That's what you're supposed to do, right? And then that's you're the like, way wait a social media is supposed to work. Right. Now you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't, that's not going to work. So now what I need to do is I need to allow you to always log in. But then a big thing comes up and says, your account is currently reactive. Would you like to reactivate it? And here's your... You know, whatever, sign up for an annual or enter credit, you know, whatever it is. So I have to do I that mean, because that's a continual okay, yeah. thing. I mean, it's a nice thing. She's like, oh, we got another person active. Can you go ahead? And it's like, it's a big back and forth, right? And then we had like someone. So one thing we haven't done is we don't validate email addresses. I don't go, please click on the link in your email to validate your email address, right? And that has not been a problem. Well, because well, they're entering in their card details. So usually that doesn't matter. Well, Except now we have a guy who signed up, and um, he's not getting any of our account emails or drip emails, and he hasn't done anything. And she's like, and his email doesn't work, so she can't email him and go, "Hey, dude, I uh, need some help." Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's not good. So no, that's not good, right? So this is the kind of crap. It's like, so you, are you going to make them validate their emails? Yeah. Now? So what I'm going to do is after they step one is they enter their you know, name, info, and credit card. And then second will go validate email, right? And then third will be set up the account. So I have a, a step between, right now I have it go straight to setting up student accounts. And I'll be like, validate your email. Because now we're in the situation where we can't, we can't even help this person. And they're probably like, yeah. they haven't gotten an email from us and they're probably frustrated. Because she's like, it's one of these, you know, you can tell it's a temporary email or fake. They do like a math academy oh, thing. I hate and you're that. like, okay, well, 
Math Academy at, at JoeBlogs.com. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. And then they'll put in like, you know, one thing a lot of people do with their kids is there. there's not a lot of people. There's like a small number of people who they just refuse to share their kids' names. And their and their kid's username, their first name is Math or something. And you're like, okay. And then all the emails are like, hey, Math did a really good job on there. You know, um, when I put um, sign in with Google, which is so, which is really easy to do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now there's so many libraries that do it, and you just put that like first. So, so like, you know how like sometimes you see forms and it's like enter your name and address mm-hmm. or log in with Google. Okay, well switch that around. Log in with Google or enter your name and address. Everyone is so lazy that they will just go boom on Google, mm-hmm. and you just automatically get a validated email. Yeah, it's just and it's one one click in for them, mm-hmm. and you get the validated email. Yeah, default. So, if, yeah, right. Pe- play on people being lazy, and you get them from. That's a good, yeah. that's a good <laughs> heuristic. Let me just see if a couple other things that, that might be. Um, oh, okay. Oh, this is you'll you'll you might find this one interesting. Um, so I had our first GD GDPR request. Oh, love it! Please remove all of my information from your system. And by the way, you can't. You can't remove all of your information well, you from well, system because what, yeah. what about the backups? The backups of the backups. Yeah. What about like backups over the last year? You're going to go through every single no, database and extract the stuff from all the da- anyway. But yep. anyway, so the the um, he just wanted to know what information we had, so I had to go in and and kind of because I don't have a, a, a automatic mechanism. And he's like, well, he's like, I'm like, so is this this all you want? Your name and email and time zone and the course you're in. I mean, I don't really have, we don't have any other personal information that we don't collect it on purpose, right? We purposely don't collect that information because I don't want to, I don't want to have it. I don't want, I just, I don't, I need, all I care about is your, is names and emails. Um, and, um, he goes and, 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 and I, I almost asked him, I was like, why do you even care? Right. And Sandy's like, I can like, Sandy. <laughs> I mean, Red flag to a bull. Gives a fuck, you know. And Sandy's like, she's like, well, some people care. I'm like, why? She's like, they just do. And I'm like, she's like, I know you don't care about that stuff, but some people do. I'm like, all right, whatever. They I do, mean, they do, they really do. And they, it's, it's, like, it's like the sense that they have control over something, but they have no control. You have no control. It's like the NSA is sucking down everything, and you care about. What's what st- our startup has information? I mean, it's just so weird to care. It's like it's like it's like having control. Or, it gives you this feeling of control when you ha- when you have no control over the most things in your life. People are very very passionate about that privacy stuff. Like the the, the, the people who are passionate about it are very passionate about it. Yeah, like, but the reality is and, like and vocal, very vocal. And what they understand is is who who is the most dangerous entity in the world? The United States government, and they had everything. If you piss them yeah. off enough, they'll use it against you. Who cares about Facebook or some 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 advertiser has your name? I'm like, who who cares? I, that's my perspective, right? I mean, I respect people right. who care about anything. I just don't get it. I'm like, why do you? It just seems irrational to me. Um, it's like people don't care what the government collects, but they care about some social media company. Why? So so what happened with this this guy? Oh, and then I email back and I go, here's your stuff. I go, is that what you want? He's like, yeah. He's like, but I'm gonna ask again. So could you know be really helpful if it was you know automatic i was like oh, damn it you're gonna ask again yeah like he's what? like like so the impression the, the sense that i get and i and i'm sure like this is a whole category of user like you said the people who really care they probably continually ask all the services they're signed up for for this information they probably like they probably even because he's like it'd be great if it was like a, a computer digestible thing like a json so my guess what? is 
there are either tools out there where you can add services and your credentials and you go in or he's written a tool that goes in and sucks down from the 20 or 30 services and just collects so he knows what all these services have on them. Maybe that's it. Anyway, I went and looked at um I went and looked at a handful of services and I'm like, okay, what do they what do they do here? Right? Like what does Duolingo do? What does Brilliant yeah. do? What does I what what do these companies what do they even have? And, you know, like when I so I I did I requested it for myself and it was like kind of you know, kind of some dumb stuff like your badges, you know, or your avatar, your selected avatar. And of course you have your name and stuff. So it's like nothing. And it's so weird because it's like so such little information, but they did it in like, uh, it wasn't even JSON. It was just sort of like, but it was like, they couldn't, I couldn't just like click on a link and it just automatically downloads a zip or something of the JSON. They, I, I request it and it says you you will get this within 30 days and then the email I mean it didn't take 30 days because I think that's by the law it's like it has to be within 30 days you have to deliver it um, and when I got it it was an email I think I only got it from one of them I haven't gotten it from the other one or two and um, it's just a zip file of some text and each each table had some text files and stuff it was really kind of lame you know what's bizarre that's like the the sort of the opposite of this the the antithesis or whatever um is the guy who and and it's not just the guy now i'm see that there's a full community about it who are obsessed with revealing the public details of jets of of jets like elon musk and taylor swift that guy who does the twitter account and like if you look like there's a whole reddit about it and just and people are so incensed that the that people want to keep their jet details private and 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 privacy that it should for be me, a public privacy for me, but not for thee. <laughs> it should right? be a public service to like just know exactly where Elon and Taylor are flying. Like, and I'm sure that this same guy is like sending messages to you and saying, "Give me my GDPR information." <laughs> it's just like, what the, yeah. I mean, what look, I, I respect. I, re- I mean, I respect his. Uh, you know, you know, he's legally uh, available to it. Uh, he has yeah. legal reason to have it. And, you know, we need to make it available and I'll make it automatic because I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. If someone wants to click on it and get the stuff, then they can look at it. I mean, you know, I, I just from a personal standpoint, don't, I don't understand why people waste their time with it. Well, with, with Nugget, um, probably once every, once a week or once every couple of weeks, I guess I get a GDPR remove my account, please. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Instantly delete it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just reply back and just say done with an exclamation mark. Well, just the, um, I've written a little tool to to expunge them from the system instantly, and yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like a lot of these services, they'll have a delete my account, delete my personal information, yeah. delete all my data. So I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna have GDPR, GDPR thing. Like, get my data, and I'll just download a zip of other stuff, or delete it and just delete it. Do yeah. you have a mailing list? I mean, do you do you have like well, like? Are you assuming that you're automatically assigning people to be on your mailing list, or are you going to do? Are you going to send them like a one-time email to say people? Can, because the reason why I ask is because something I did. I I plugged in full GDPR compliance to, to Nugget, and one of the things you have to do is, if they are in the EU, you have to collect whether they give you consent to send them any email other than transactional email. Well, I have never done that. I have never done a marketing email. Ah, there you go. But um, if you ever do want to send marketing emails, yeah. don't send it to anyone in Europe. Right. They have to 
and 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 that's that's another thing that I do is I do track whether whether someone's from Europe or not because uh, you can just use that this sort of uh, simple geo IP lookup thing mm-hmm. and it just goes you know they came they were in the EU mm-hmm. at least you'll you'll know, you know which users are EU that's a good idea know. yeah yeah so I just want to make all this stuff automatic because I don't want to deal with it right yeah we just delete totally. stuff like just go in and get it I mean see that that's the thing is um is just trying to make things as automated as possible for mm-hmm. Sandy and myself, right? So when people come in and say, hey, how do I cancel my account? It's like, dude, go your settings and cancel, cancel your account, right? And uh, that's what I think that's the question that Sandy gets the most annoyed for. It's like you couldn't take seven seconds to look at your settings and see if you could do it yourself. You want to send us an email? I mean, come on, you know. It's just amazing how lazy people can be. Yes, like, uh, but let me see. I want to see if there's anything else that you might find. You could probably. I was, I was actually thinking about this, and I've, um, I've even suggested this as an idea for, uh, for in for one of the indie founder ideas, is like use a kind of AI to just monitor incoming emails and just auto respond to things like that. So it's like it's you don't even need um the the system we're talking about intercom. It's just something that monitors your inbox, and it's just like, okay, obviously they're asking, how can I cancel? Just auto reply, and AI just maybe, checks. but maybe anyway. it screws it up. What happens when it screws it up? It's true. Well, what? Who's going to build it, this? When it, Who's going to build this? When it, oh, uh, Sam Altman already built it. Yeah. Right. By the way, I've Give got a couple a of Sam Altman things. Yeah. I've got a so couple I gotta of Sam build Altman it. things. So <laughs> I can't work on stuff that's really important. I got to build on this thing that that only works ninety nine. Oh, didn't you just say that like the 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 main KPI was whether Sandy's happy or yeah, not? Yeah, but if it and this would make Sandy happy, out, if they get an automated email, it, it doesn't even answer their question. It's going to piss them off. They're going to be like, "What the hell?" I mean, one no, of it, it only replies to the things it really knows. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if they say something like, "How do I cancel my account?" Yeah, and everything else, it doesn't reply. But to. what if it? What if it has, what if there's sort of like another statement or question in there in addition to that? Say, how do I cancel my account? Also, I want to upgrade my other Anton annual or something. Does it? Oh, edge cases. Yeah. See, see, one of the biggest, well, see, here's the thing, though. One of our biggest, I think, um, one of the things that helps us is that Sandy has a, 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 everything's personal from her. And we get a lot of people really appreciate that. They know there's no automated fuckery. It's like you're dealing with one of the founders and that person is emailing you and trying to help you as opposed to some bullshit, cynical, automated thing. And they're just like, I'm talking to a stupid bot. That's not what I asked. Do you know what I mean? Talk about automate, talking about automated fuckery. My green card um, was, I needed to renew my 10 year green card and I did it. And they sent it, and it didn't get to me, and it's lost. And so, co- contacting USCIS, calling them, there, like it is, it is basically impossible to get to a human. Like it's, it's insane. I had to, I but had Justin, to look I, at YouTube. You love big government, don't you? You love these big government stuff, right? It's great. <laughs> Give the government more money; they'll solve your problems. They just, they just, they work so great. More money. So basically. I googled how do you speak to them, and there's that there's this lawyer, and you you can tell like he's just like a local lawyer. He's like, so the way you do it is you say you say, I, I give me information about my request. I that's the first thing you answer. The second answer is I don't have a receipt number. That's the next thing you answer. The next thing you say is um, I'm I'm at a center. The next thing you say is yes. The next thing you say is yes, and then you speak to. So okay, so I I answer those things right. I do that. Mm-hmm. 
and I instantly get through to a human person. Mm. And do you think that they have any of that context? No. Mm -mm. They just say, oh, hi, how can I help you? (laughs) This whole thing is shut down for everyone, except for the people who ask these few random questions. And they get through and they still have no effing clue why you're calling. Yeah. Like, no wonder it's an instant, it's an instant connect because basically everything is shut. You know, they, they, they're just blocking every way. Anyway, by the way, it's so irritating not getting a green card and now not having a green card and tri- trying to contact them and trying to get a green card. That's just a really, I've got a whole bunch of stuff like that in my life right now. My, my driver's license just expired or is just about to expire. I don't have a social security card right now. Like, I mean, I mightn't be in America the next time you speak to me. Jesus. I might be deported, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just go to the South Border and walk right in. You'll be good. I mean, oh, yeah, you know how, do you know how many, I just like, do, you, do you know how many um, illegal- But is that real you know, or are you just reading Elon stuff and like just totally believing everything Elon says? Excuse me? How many it's times like, do, the, how much times have I said of this bullshit? <laughs> like zero. Okay. Okay. The last okay, time I like, checked- so, Okay, let me see. How many? Wait, what are you, what are you about to say? What are you about to say about people? Because, because I don't know. Elon keeps posting these posts, and it's like two hundred thousand people walked in to the border today. No, it's like I think there's something. Like, um, I think there was. I'm interested to know. No, I. There's something like. Um, I think this is a. This is the uh, illegal border cross. Have averaged two point two million per year since 2021. And what was it before? I don't know. It's like it definitely wasn't that. I mean, they were. It is the reason why it happens because they think, okay, Democrats are in power. They're really chilled about it, so everyone go to America, yay! Well, I mean, they basically stopped uh, stopping people. I mean, you don't stop people. They just and they realize, and everybody realizes they can come in. Then, I mean, people are coming up through um, Ecuador, through the Darien Pass, and you have a huge percent. It used to be mostly Mexico and some Central America. Now it's, um, you know, majority of the rest, other parts of the world, Africa, uh, Asia. It's China, like flash Middle mobs East. all over again. Yeah, but millions. But it's not a joke. I mean, it's bad. I mean, we I have like 10, yeah. 13 million. Whatever. I had some estimates as high as ten or thirteen million people coming in from all the world. You don't know who the hell they are, right? I mean, not everybody likes America, right? Anybody can come in who wants to get in, right? I mean, that's bad. I, I mean, mean that, you I, don't really have a country if you know. don't have a border. If you can't stop anybody coming in, and anybody can come in who they want, and they come in to order millions of people. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, that's like one of the things that causes countries to have serious, serious dis- dysfunction. You know, you need to be able to, you know, I mean, do you think Japan just lets fucking anybody just come in there? No. You know? I'm I'm sensing um, the beginning of Letters of a Dark Side or something like no, that. No, no. What you were talking about was just so fun, ironic. Like, you can't even get a green card, yet we have I orders of millions of people from nowhere just come walking across. There you go. You know, I we can't, have no problem yeah, with that. Yeah, me. And so I'm like, stupid. I'm completely legal, have been living here, I'm married to an American person born raised here i'm even quarter american i'm actually quarter i mean just just i mean the 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 dysfunction in this is just appalling in both sides big government governments the bureaucracy in our governments are totally dysfunctional we we don't can't control borders we can't you can't even get a green card renewed i mean it's just absolutely insane how dysfunctional and then yet our our the amount of we run like a two um two trillion dollar deficit or something like it is i mean we have like a 
massive, like a $33 trillion debt. We have like 130, I think it was last I checked, it was like $131 trillion in unfunded liabilities but, that come due, but what would be that the come fix? due in 2030. But what, what, what's the fix? There's no fix because anyone who could fix it is more interested in building their own thing. No, no one who could fix it wants to work for the government. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the the people who can really um, make stuff happen want agency, right? They don't yes. want to join some big bureaucracy. They want to do stuff, and and they know they can. They know it's, it's no fun being part of a giant political organism and then having no impact into sitting after meetings. And I mean, it's just you're only going to get third rate people doing that, and who really have no other option. And they just want to show up somewhere and punch a clock. You know, they do, they have some procedures and some crap they got to do. And maybe if they're a little more motivated, then they manage a team or a small division and they get they go to meetings and whatever. You know, and it's just it's it's bad. No, it's I, well, I you know I th- I think bureaucracy is um you know it, it's like a it's like a kind of entropy. You know, as it accumulates, right? It's like you can't fight. It's like and and if you can't stop bureaucracy from growing. Eventually, itself becomes it just kills. It's like a parasite that ultimately kills the its a host. Snake killing its own tail. Like no, it's not like a. It's like a parasite that kills the organism, right? So it's like I mean, it's okay. not exactly that way because bureaucracy, to a certain degree, you need a certain amount of bureaucracy when you get more than a certain number of people in an organization. You get beyond whatever the number is, the fifty or hundred or whatever they talk about, depending on the structure. Then uh, you know that's why companies become. Larger companies become that become more and more bureaucratic, become more and more dysfunctional, and all becomes about politics. And and you have weaker and weaker people there who are doing less weaker and weaker players. I mean, and they can't make things happen. And that's why it's so easy to compete against the bigger companies. And that's why they can't innovate. And the only way they make any any strides forward is they have to buy smaller companies because who actually just still doing stuff because they themselves can't do anything. And it's a miracle when you have a larger company that can still do stuff. Like Apple is a bit of a miracle. That it can still do right, some things. Right. I mean, they're the exception. Yeah. And you have to like, well, how can they still? Well, that's because things? Steve li- just like. Well, he like, he was kind of like the, he was it he was kind of the Elon he was way. like the Elon Musk before Elon Musk, right? Well, he, but he but he instilled it in such a hard way that he that there's so many documents and blueprints and and like it's it's just documented on how to be how to not let that go, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you know that, right? He's mm-hmm. like, there's, there's like internal books. Oh, I didn't know about documents. that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he's he's written all that stuff down. He's codified it. He's codified free thinking within the organization. That his whole way of doing things. Um, well, uh, can, I'll give. Can I give a quick update on Lightwave? And yes, then, I want to um, hear. I want to hear about it. I want to hear all about it. But I, and I definitely have something to say about Lightwave. So there's, go on. There's not. There's not an all about it. But I mean, so so. W- We've got my roadmap. We said that the next thing I was going to work on was the side was the sidebar, um, and I went into that work and Mm-mm. I started doing. That wasn't realizing the next I needed thing. To... That wasn't the next thing. What? Wait. What was the... tables? No, no. Before tables, I was going to do the. I think that's a mistake. I'd... Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You... They're all really core. Yeah. No. We, no. We already had that discussion. Okay. But but actually, I've I've even changed my mind now after after really going deep on infrastructure. And I'm I am going deep on the infrastructural side of things now. Justin's going, I am going deep. To, I've, I'm just going to go straight to collaboration. I, I can bring all I can do all that other stuff afterwards. But I am in the right zone to be in collaboration right now because I'm I'm working at the root level of fast nodes 
I'm remove I'm removing positional data, making everything into a linked list, and I'm really thinking through the collaboration side of things. Well, I I'm always a f- okay when you had to do, you know, refactoring and stuff is always an important stuff early in a product. I I you know dedicating time to engineering as opposed to just UI stuff is is always really important to do, and it's always something we we tend to avoid. <laughs> just like, yeah. guess you get quick when hey, look, there's a new screen does this, but this, this, this that core for engineering that holds everything back or f- pushes right. things forward. So if and the other thing I, I'm a big believer in is if you have momentum because you've loaded everything up into RAM, you exactly, you paid yeah. this upfront cost. It's not just because there's two things. There's a couple things. One is all this information and context is in your head, which takes a long time to happen. Sometimes that can take weeks to catch, or you know, at least days, if not weeks, to really get it all in your brain. Right? It's it's like if you're taking a course and you hadn't taken an, a, anything like it in years, and you take and it's like it takes you a few weeks to understand. Okay, how does this whole stuff work again? Okay. The second thing is you get the motivation, right? Like you're you kind of all excited about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I talked about collaboration three weeks ago, you'd be like, oh god, like, I don't want to do it. It's scary. Well, I don't yeah. want to do it. You're hi- you're hiding from it. You're avoiding it. Now you're like, I actually kind of want to take this on. I was like, yes. This I actually because I'd set up a meeting uh, with Veraptor because I wanted to talk to him a little bit about. Uh, I just had some questions about about data structure, mm-hmm. about about positional and all that kind of stuff. So I set up a meeting with him, and in preparation for that meeting, I just laid out the full architecture and a way to, to just sort of talk it through him, talk, talk him through it so that it made total sense. And then it made the whole thing make total sense to me. And it's like, yeah, what's the talking bear, the talking pair thing. Yeah. You go and you write up the whole question on stack (laughs) overflow and you answer your own question before you post it. I have been doing this thing, which, which Joe will, will speak to is I, I optimize at a local maximum. So I'm sort of like, just, I'm just in the weeds, like really optimizing in the weeds. And what I got to see was that all that work of just being local maximum optimizing has in fact optimized the whole the the whole system is really good because the the tiny parts of the system mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. and um so in fact it's the work to move from positional data to um linked list data is much faster and, and easier than i expected um and actually it removes a whole bunch of code because managing positional data like is is complicated you know you've got to go like if if you th- there could be huge ripple effects whereas if the only thing you're changing is the two link ids really the reason why i did positional data in the first place and i'm talking about like no you know node position one two three four five six the only reason i did that in the first place was so that on the initial load it would be really fast to just do a sort by depth and then sort by position and it would just be really fast to load that into mm-hmm. the, into the memory and dom but actually it's really not that hard to actually go you know, to do that same thing using link, mm-hmm. a link list, and it doesn't really slow things down. So, I'm I'm well, really glad that that I've done this. I mean, it's like they have like 10 million nodes, you know. But but so it what what it makes easier and what it ma- and this was the thing that was always standing in the way in my head was like syncing positional data in real time collaboration. That's kind of complicated because it is complicated because I know how complicated it was to code in the first place. Mm-hmm. But whereas just syncing links. You know, just just like what ID a node points to is much easier. You know, like it never goes more than four changes. You know, there's never more than four changes when you're moving any node around. So it's like, okay, that's that, great. That's a big load off my mind. You know, so that's that's then the reason. So really, I'm I've got a pretty clear idea of how I want to do things. Um, 
for collaboration, there's just a few pieces that I'm not quite sure. And uh, again, I'll be talking with other, you know, other people offline about that as well. But anyway, so that's that's where I'm at. That's how I'm moving forward to that, and I'm happy. Well, what I was gonna so, what was it? Somebody said I can't remember who made some suggestion about doing some AI, making it some AI thing, integrating some AI stuff. Uh, I think like well, Veraptor had answered it, and Gabe, of course, Gabe has been super busy around the Discord recently. Mm. Had had Gabe said, you know, I've been using it a little bit, and I can imagine that if you did integrate AI, it would it would go really well with this product because it's so simple. You know, the product's mm-hmm. so simple. Well, so my, my reaction to that is uh, whether that that could be interesting at some point, but I think you just got to get all the basics first. Oh, yeah. Cables, collaboration, yeah. left nav. I mean, these are like fundamental things that really make a difference in terms of how how, it, how the system can use. I mean, tabular data is uh, is key massive amount of data we operate with uh, that's of any importance often is tabular because it's records and attributes and and uh, we're always working with other people because it's the internet and um, yeah I mean I think you, you've got to knock that stuff out and, the, and then um, yeah you got to knock this stuff out first before you I mean that. collaboration the, when I talk about collaboration I have to solve the left nav I have to solve okay. a whole a whole bunch of pieces um, to make collaboration work in the first place. So I just think collaboration and t- because ca- collaboration goes hand in hand with team management. You know, having a team, being able to share things, yeah. like all that stuff goes hand in hand. So that's the piece. That's that I'm fine. Really work I get. On. It. I mean, I get. It. I know how things. I, I know how things. You get, I know how the stuff is connected, and you just can't really operate one with the other. I, I I get that. I totally. But I I just think these are the these are the things that just have to be taken care of before you get distracted with any other like ooh, i'm gonna make a gamification or i'm gonna make some badges or i'm gonna make something like dude fuck all that like that stuff is people if it's if if you can imagine like hey let's you know like, i found a collaboration between oh you're like notion no no it's better notion cool like can we do tables no but you know tables but they got experience points you're like what the fuck are you talking about like that is so dumb. Like I don't care. Like we can't even do the tabular data. Well, you know, I guess we could use like Google Docs and we'll just have a link into it. Like no, <laughs> right? It's like nobody cares. It's like you know all that kind of cute stuff you can do later, and maybe some of it yeah. will make a little difference. And it'll be, you have to get be, the foundation. There'll be a right. certain category of user that'll be like, oh, it's delightful. I like it how I can has this little sound it plays or it has a little, you know, you whatever. But can't collaborate, can't do mm. tables, can't do this basic stuff. It's like you're, that's the, those are your, um, those are the most important things. So, so can we sh- shift topic? Well, I have um, one, um, one uh, m- minor bug. I, I bug. One thing that's just weird, I think you should put it. So it's like when I go to make a, uh, a hyperlink, it yeah. will, if I select the text, it will make it blue before I even enter any text into the, um, into the hyperlink edit box, which I think is a little weird. It's like not a hyperlink yet. I haven't finished the operation. I would, oh, I would okay. do it afterwards. It always throws me off, and I keep me. I kind of tell Justin, let's. I wouldn't do it that way. It's like it's not done yet. Like don't make it a hyperlink until I put the thing in, and then and I close the box. Then it make or close the pop up. You know, I'll have to 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 um, what I'll have to do to to make that work the way that you want. I'll have to add um, a class. That says make it not look like a hyperlink. <laughs> really? <laughs> because I because te- because technically it does it. it I mean maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to do it another way around. But I I imagine that my fastest way would be to do that. 
to add a temporary class onto it to make it not look like a hyperlink during that edit time. Okay. Because it actually does, uh, it does all, it, it, just the way that it works, it already inserts it into the DOM and it has it all set up ready to go. Yeah. Well, I would just change your order yeah. of operations, which wouldn't do okay. it until you get that text, until you actually okay, finish let me just operation. write that down. It's just, it's a little, it's a little weird. I mean, it's like one of these things that you're like, and it's not really a bug, but it's, it's not, it, it seems odd. Adding a link. Don't show the. I mean, other than that, I don't notice many. Um, it I don't notice uh, many bugs or anything like that. Mm. You know, it's not like I sit there and I, I run into issues. You know. Okay. Cool. Um, can I? You ready yeah, to move on move to on. something yeah, new? Yeah. Okay. So we're doing this backwards because we we had said we were going to do links first and then our own stuff. I know. Next. You always start asking well, questions. You're just like. But people, I mean, honestly, people really don't care about the links as much as they care about us. <laughs> I, don't I mean care about even your stupid on, links i don't care about your even stupid opinions i get it even on discord like like multiple people chimed in and said eh, I, don't, I don't care i don't care about that, that link i link. get it but anyway I get it. this is a this is a link i've been meaning to ask you uh, a while um it's the first of my two sam altman things so where am i um Okay, so first thing is, so Sam Altman wrote, um, w uh, this was a couple of months ago. That's how long I've been meaning to bring this link to you. <laughs> what I wish someone had told me, 17 things. And I'm curious to get your feedback on each of them. Okay. Well, it sounds like that'll take up the rest of the show. Okay. Let's go. Number one, this is his number one most important thing. Optimism, obsession, self-belief, raw horsepower, and personal connections are how things get started. Yeah, sounds like makes sense. Okay. All right, not too much to say. It's okay. Like smart people you, do you, smart you, things. It's like okay, sort of a tautology, right? You need to be optimistic and energetic, and what was it? What was it again? Personal connections as well. I think that that's helps. Really a big deal. I mean, there are there are plenty of people who I, I think that's less important. I mean, that's a that's a multiplier. Right. I mean, right. Here, here's the thing. Um, there are plenty of people who got things built and going on their own without any connections. And um, it wasn't till later that they got investment or whatever. I mean, think of something like, I mean, he has a million examples. Think of something like Craigslist. Craig Newmark didn't have any damn connections. He just created this list and started catching up and it had nothing to do with that. He just started working on something. Right. So I don't know. Do you think that you're, do you believe in the idea that you're as smart as the sum of your five closest friends? No, that's dumb. No, I'm way smarter, way smarter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. No, seriously. I, I mean, it's an indicator, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an indicator. I mean, okay. So let's, let's take it. Let's say you take any group of five or six people. I mean, there's some people who are just kind of really friendly and, but they're not super smart, but they happen to be in a group and they're a nice person and they're kind of hanging around with people who are pretty smart. And then there's going to be the guy who's super smart, right? It's just not as many people smart as him, right? He's got 160 yeah. IQ. Um, he got a <laughs> PhD in physics in two and a half years. He does He's not hang of... around five other people smart as him because there's just not that many around, right? So, yeah, like, like, boy. Neumann, whatever. Ron Neumann. Ron so Neumann. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, but again, these things are like, well, those two exception proves rules. So I, I get it. Okay, fine. But um, okay. I think there's a saying that water seeks its own level to a degree, okay, right? Yeah. So you'll look at somebody's the kind of people they hang around with, and you go, okay. 
Um, yeah. What's just Sandy's like Sandy always says to me, she's well, she always makes fun like all my friends are super nerdy. Like uh, everyone right. and, and I'm like I mean she sits a boy like that. I'm like, well not a well, wait a minute. Yeah, actually they are. <laughs> like <laughs> It's like everyone's like <laughs> everyone's a nerd. Everyone is, is Phil a nerd? Is Phil well, a nerd? He, he, he pretends he's not, but he's, I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, I mean nerdy in the sense, I don't mean nerdy in that they, you know, you know, play with, um, you know, action figures and obsess and over, dragons. I mean. Strategy board games? Very high IQ you know, <laughs> okay, studied right, right. math, physics, computer science at a high level, you know, whatever. I mean, just, but, but okay. usually there is a certain amount of autistic, autistic, semi-autistic kind of behaviorisms with them, right? They're not totally All well-rounded right. human Number beings. Number two. Number two. Cohesive teams, the right combination. And by the way, this is all what I wish someone had told me. Uh, cohesive teams, the right combination of calmness and urgency, and unreasonable commitment are how things get finished. Long-term orientation is in short supply. Try not to worry about what people think in short term, which will get easier over time. Well, there are several things. I talk about cohesive teams and then not caring about... Can you read it one more time? It's true. It's like, the, like this is not a single thing. This is many things in one point. Um, cohesive teams, the right combination of calmness and urgency. There's totally separate and, things. Okay. Yeah. And unreasonable commitment are how things get finished. This is the, the, the whole all in thing, right? It's like, it's like you need, basically what he's saying is you need people to be all in, uh, like to be sleeping on the floor under the desk. Yeah, see, but they also there's that urgency, but also I mean, see that's bullshit too. I, I I don't think you have to be sleeping under your desk. I think that stuff's not sustainable. I think it's more right. like I mean, I also think this stuff gets exaggerated. You know, I mean, my first startup with Phil. I mean, we had our handful of like two or three week sprints where we basically worked fifteen hours a day, seven days a week, and then you remember them and you talk about them all the time. But it was a short period. Yeah. It was like, oh, college is all night, all nighters. It's like you only did all nighters for you for a handful of your finals weeks and a few. You mean you weren't doing that all the time, um, and it's it's just sort of those things. It just it makes for a good visual, and people like to. I also don't necessarily think it makes for success. I mean, like we did that with Digidu, and I mean, no, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. You know. I don't think. Um, well, uh, you know, we've it's a it's a, it's a trite. Cliche, it, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, which actually is almost always true. But I'm really surprised that he wished someone had told him that because, like, that's something that everyone says. But he, but um, he, but he also says the combination of urgency and calmness, calmness, right? Calmness and urgency. Yeah, I mean, it, but yeah. basically, it's like you need. Okay, so here's the thing: like, you can't be freaking out, right? You can't be like spastic about everything and overreacting to everything because that just takes a psychological toll on everybody, and and it makes everybody mm. then. Um, does not want to be involved because it's not fun, right? Nobody likes to be involved in something that's always stressful. But you can't be super, super complacent because then just stuff just stops getting done and nobody works on the important stuff. They just work whatever they kind of feel like working on. And then all of a sudden you look back and a year and a half goes by and not much has happened. So you need this sort of like, you need to find a good pace and you need to stay focused on what you need to be doing and, you know, hold yourself accountable when things aren't going the as, as quite as, at the pace that you need, whatever. But yeah, that's 
But teams, teams critical, man. Cohesive team is teams. absolutely critical. Well, not for me because I don't have a team. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, you can have a cohesive team, but if the if the if the people on the team are are kind of uh, lazy or incompetent, <laughs> yeah, crawl. Like that doesn't matter, right? I mean, I mean, sort of baked into that is you have the assumption. I think is you have a bunch of high quality people. Right, like that's the assumption. If you have high, I mean, it's obvious. If you have low yeah, quality yeah. people, low commitment, low skill, low creativity, low intelligence, I mean, you're not gonna. It's not gonna work. So you you, you assume you have to have high, high, highly capable, competent people, but they definitely need to be all on the same page, and there needs to be a high degree of trust. Right, there needs to be a high degree of alignment and trust. Um, and and uh, you know, I think that's one thing that is really um, working for us is that. Um, I think we have a really, you know, great team of people and everybody, you know, I think everybody has a high degree of respect and trust for what everyone else does. I think, I think you'll appreciate number three. Mm -hmm. It's easier for a team to do a hard thing that really matters than to do an easy thing that doesn't really matter. Audacious ideas motivate people. Within a range. Yeah. I mean, it is easier to, I mean, people like the idea of the hero's journey. Right. Yeah. Like, I want to do something big. I want to do something special. Right. Like, people get really excited about that. It conveys a certain amount of. I want to make a dent in the universe, is what Jobs always said. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it confers a certain amount of status because you're doing something that's important as opposed to doing something that's not. Um, but yeah, people people want to be part of something that's interesting and cool and and, and, and stuff that's really ambitious is, 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 to, is going to, by definition, be interesting and cool. Um, and so you're going to get. And if. The the more the the more talented the person, the more optionality they're going to have, right? They can do all yeah. kind of things. They got all kind of offer. They know they can. They know they can do a lot of stuff. And so, why are they mm -hmm. going to work with you, right? And so, you mm -hmm. better have something to offer that Google isn't going to have to offer, or MIT isn't going to have to opt offer, or whatever. Like, and so they got to go. Okay, okay, yeah, I could do this. Is really cool, right? So. And I think that's like SpaceX, for instance, is why they've been able to pull so many great people because they're doing things, you know, up until up until recently, you couldn't do anywhere, really, because NASA wasn't doing shit anymore. And, you know, what are you going to go go join Lockheed Martin and be a giant bureaucracy? And it wasn't it wasn't until you've had some of the people who leave SpaceX to start like Rocket Lab and some of these other things. There was that was the only place that you could actually go do much of anything. All right. So this is not space this next one, in terms uh, of space travel. No, I agree. I agree. So this next one, number four, um, is I think pretty much the same thing. Um, incentives are superpowers. Set them carefully, or it's along the same lines anyway. Yeah, incentives are superpowers. Set them carefully. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's the same thing that Joel Spolsky always talk about. Like if you reward people for the number of lines of code they write, they're going to write a lot of code. Oh, if you write them yeah. for bugs. Yeah, they, for it, bugs, yeah. how many bugs resolve? Then they're going to lock every little thing as a bug, and they're going to fix it. It's like doesn't. You know, people yeah. game shit. So if there are a lot of incentives built around that, the people will game it. And, yes. and um, you know, it's kind of been thinking about like the, you know, we, you know, I was thinking about how dysfunctional our political system is. And I was just like, you know, what if it was like back in ancient Greece where like people went into like service sort of like in government like they did on a, like they do on a jury now. Like it's just your turn. And you like have a year. Then. Yeah. Like, could that work? Then people aren't spend their years building careers and owing favors and raising money and dealing all their time to spend most of their time, you know, dentist yes, lobbyists. Yes, that's interesting. You know, that kind of a thing. And you say, well, you know, but if you get some real idiots on there, it's like, well, A, we got some real idiots in, con in Congress for, for one, but B. But then they're going to change. The 
they're going to change the rule. Like, how long would it take for them, uh, for one person to get in power and say, I'm going to change this rule. You can do four no, years. No, no, no. Power. What I'm saying is they, you, have a, you have a large group of people, right? So let's say, let's say they had 100 people or 500 people. I mean, you probably want a certain number of people represented. Almost like you'd probably want to do something like our separation of powers. But, you know, that would solve some problems. But what, I, what the point I'm getting at is that we would ultimately figure out a way to game that system, right? Oh, Humans would what? go, well, okay, so how would we game it? Like, we want, you know, various interest groups, um, whether they're corporations or nonprofits or who are pushing their agenda, right? So how do we influence this? Okay, mm-hmm. so, well, you say, well, what we've noticed is that people who are higher educated tend to buy into our foreign policy objectives. So what we're going to do is really push to raise a minimum bar of, like, let's say you had to have a high school or a college education, Right. So then they're going to push mm. to make it easier and easier or, you know, harder, harder, easier and easier to get an education or get a degree or whatever. So that, right, they start, people start over a series of decades adjusting things and shaping things. So then it's um, completely gamed. So it's like humans always have the ability to game any, any rule set you come up with, humans will find it. It reminds me of, like, it sort of reminds me of like Walking Dead, like how, how, like, when you get a group of people together, some small nucleus will form to become the government, you know, to lead everyone. Well, uh, yeah, I and, mean, that's, well, okay, that's a different thing. But, yeah, right, humans will gain, what I'm just saying is humans will gain, whatever system or rules you set up, I mean, and obviously some systems are less gameable and better than others, it will never, there will always be issues with people finding ways Oh, to, sorry, I wasn't referring to the gaming side okay, of things. Yeah. I was just referring to your idea of government. Yeah. It's like it's like the, the Walking Dead thing on a big scale. It's yeah. like so, like some like how would they how would they get into that position? Would it would they be voted? Oh, well, see the problem is would they be randomly no, picked? Oh, I mean, reality is Oh, and, and what I was suggesting is that it would be like a jury yeah. system. It would just be like, you know, your time, you know, everybody gets Oh, so you 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 could be the leader of the country. Well, I, it's like, it's I, like I, I don't know if you would have the leader, but like Congress in the Senate, the equivalent of Congress in the Senate would ultimately be like one year, one year appointment or two year. Appointment but nothing would get through. Nothing would get through because no one could agree on anything in that in a short amount of time. I mean, the reason why stuff get through no, now is because people know how to game the system. No, I think I think it would get through much easier <laughs> because I think most of the country is much more aligned for certain things. But these mm. um, the, the 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 people who are the in Congress, they owe so much money. Or, or they owe so much in terms of favors lobbyists. to lobbyists mm. that they're all trying to twist the arm. Their arms are twisted, and they're trying to twist the arms of other people to get these things through. But if I mean, the bulk of the country is not that in, in much disagreement. Everything it's, it's it's sort of the it's the mm. it's the edges that are really pulling people apart. Right, the center 70 percent is in alignment, or, or in, in their minor, much more minor differences than if you take the fifteen or twenty percent on the edges who are totally at odds with everybody else anyway so what i was gonna say is but in terms of like leadership i mean you just that, that's sort of natural i mean certain people are natural leaders and other people are not i mean most people don't want to lead they don't want the responsibility they don't like the pressure they're like i don't know like that let that guy <laughs> he seems like he knows what he's talking about like okay i'm, I'm with him that sounds fine i mean people don't want leadership is not um is not uh it's a high stress right it's a lot of pressure and a lot of people, most people don't want it. And most people don't have the ability anyway to, um, they don't have the charisma or confidence to pull people into their orbit anyway. So it doesn't matter. 
I think you're right. I think this might take the whole show. Okay, number five. But I, I think it's still, it's still fun. I think people will enjoy okay. this. Number five, concentrate your resources on a small number of high conviction bets. This is easy to say, but hard to do. You can delete more stuff than you think. Yeah, I mean, um, that's uh, very similar to Steve Jobs' attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Is get rid of the shit. It was a sort of this thing, this recommendation to... Uh, to the uh, was that Knight, that guy who ran the Nike, um, is get rid of all the crap. I think was the the phrase. Mm-hmm. And when he came into Apple the second time, he just uh, was like, "Okay, we're getting rid of all these product lines, and we're going to hold them to like five things." Um, yeah, I, I mean, because I think the reality is, um, I mean, it is the the obvious reality is you have a limited number of resources, right? Startups have a very limited amount of resources, and if it's spread over too many things, you um, you may not get anything done, right? And I think a lot of times people yeah. um, making a choice making a choice is stressful. If you don't make a choice, the best way not the best way to avoid stress is just to make a choice. And it's like, oh, we do all of them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're still making a choice, but you're just kind of not uh, consciously making a choice, and so you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, we just have a lot to do. It's like you got to you choice. have to pick and choose, and. Um, you know, and 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 to do a decent job with any of them um, requires a, a fair amount of resources. So yeah, just piece right. I mean, you know, I don't know what three or four or five or two or whatever, but depends on your organization and the nature of things you're trying to do, and how to categorize them, characterize them. But yeah, you you can't you have to limit your number of efforts. You can't dilute them among too many things. Hundred percent. I know you're gonna like this next one, number seven. Fight bullshit and bureaucracy every time you see it. And get other people to fight it too. Do not let the org chart get in the way of people working productively together. Hundred, hundred percent. I mean the, um, I mean this. I think this is what has caused so many problems with so many organizations is that um, there's no one, the, especially once the founder's gone and you get professional management in, and that's what they want to do is just build org charts, right? Is this power accumulation? Because if I hire a bunch of people and I hire different layers of management, then there's less stuff that I have to do, and I can, and I'm more important because I have all these people reporting to me and part of people reporting to them. And then you don't do any work, and you just sit around and you know bullshit meetings. And um, but that's how you that's how things stop happening. No, but nothing happens when you have a because when you have a diffuse diffusion of responsibility, um, people don't do stuff right. I mean that's what Elon you know, Musk did, but he would come in and it's like, I, any rule or requirement, or whatever, has to have a name attached to it. Right? And we have no why we're doing this thing. And he would just, he would just ruthlessly remove that stuff. And I agree. I just... It'd be interesting to see, like, if you went into these big companies, like, um, these telcos or whatever, like, how many actual people keep this thing running well that's i mean dude you that's know, what i would say do the actual work. well that's what i was telling you when you were like well you know you know elon was firing all those people twitter like it's gonna crash i'm like no not no not it's like i didn't say it was gonna dude, crash what are you talking about you were like you were highly skeptical of, of all the firings just like everybody else in discord the yeah, under discord was it was like oh it's gonna crash it's gonna go down he's cutting down i'm like nope i think the vast i think most of these companies could run on 20 percent of people not sixty percent to like twenty percent. I think like eighty percent of, mm-hmm. and and could run fine, right? There's an adjustment period, and people get freaked out, and like there's stuff that isn't done correctly because oh shoot, we didn't, you know, you cut a little deep in certain areas. But I think these bigger companies, I think the bigger they get, the more the more fat there is, 
like the body fat percentage, right? So the body fat percentage <laughs> on a 10 person startup is like practically zero, right? Everybody is yeah. doing something. You get to 30 people, uh, you know, there's probably five or three or four people you could get rid of, four or five maybe, and it probably would still be fine. You know, the bigger you get, you get up to a thousand people, you get to 10,000 people. I mean, it's probably like, you know, 70, 80% body fat. It's just lard. I think that body fat. Um, no one. I've never heard anyone describe it as body fat before, but that's a great way of thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's organizational fat. Because it's yeah. like it's unneeded. It's unneeded, but it's not only <laughs> unneeded. It creates. It's unhealthy. It's metabolically unhealthy. It slows things down. It causes problems. It causes people to get. Um, to lose agency and they lose motivation. When people don't feel like they can do stuff and make stuff happen, they're like, fuck it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's how I felt like at Uber towards the end. I couldn't make anything happen. I was losing motivation. I couldn't, like, what, how, who, who, what's the How much body fat did Uber have by the, by the end? I have no idea. I mean, I, I would be a hard thing for me to assess because I would only go up there once every, you know, month or something towards the last couple of years. And, but it was, um, I felt like all I can say is from a personal perspective, I went from being highly productive and just make stuff happen to the point where I could make almost nothing happen. You know? And Uber was right. fast growing. So and but so like that, but then everyone gets everyone gets distracted by then you have layers in management, right? So you have people who need approval by this person and we need buy-in by this group and need all this politics and bullshit and we have always 360 reviews and we got all these all this and so they get all um subsumed by busy work, right? Meta work. It's not real work. No one's actually with a product. We're having we're having a bunch of reviews for people to get reviews, get promotions and to get mentoring on their career stuff. So fuck all that. No, zero. So much of the of the jobs book was about that, about getting rid of that. Yeah. Well, that's what that's I, mean, what I they, totally agree. That's with what I say with, with Math Academy. Like, I don't care how much we grow, we are not going to do that. So saying is like hiring people is like the last is the last course of action. Mm -hmm. People are expensive, right? And they can and complicated. And, and can complicate and they can have a headache, right? No person, no mm -hmm. headache. Yeah. I mean, now if you're lucky and you get some really, really high cal caliber people, there's zero headache and they're just super productive and it's it's a joy to work with them. And that's that's what our team is like right now, right? Everybody is just like, there's no babysitting. Well, I, I, th I was thinking about that. Like if you just, if you had a company with like, I mean, like your company, you just have totally A plus players. Everyone's really good. Everyone's really highly leveraged and like 10, 100X kind of people. It's like, okay, that's what that's all you need. You don't need a lot. Yeah. I mean, realistically, we need more than we have. I mean, it'd be nice to have a couple developers than just me. Mm -hmm. That'd be, But it's yeah. just not really feasible at this point in time. But yeah, you just got to fight against it. I mean, the 37 Signals talked about that all the time. And then it was funny. They, um, they, uh, they, uh, suffered they grew in the, their brace pant and then they had all of these committees and then they had all these sort of social justice problems and then all this you know politics on slack and they end up having to get rid of like about i don't know it was a huge chunk of the company 40 or 60 percent people yeah, it was a lot and yeah. um that's the stuff that happens when you um you get a bunch of people together and people themselves don't have a ton of agency and then they want to spend time talking about politics and other crap as opposed to actually moving the the needle on what they're doing because they have too much time on their hands right life's too easy you can spend time talking about bullshit 
Okay. This number nine, I, 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 I'm guessing I can imagine your answer. Spend more time recruiting. <laughs> Take risks on high potential people with fast rate of improvement. Look for evidence of getting stuff done in addition to intelligence. Yeah, well, okay. So, um, assuming you do have to hire people, right? It's like they, it's like a hire, the whole thing is, one, one, one mistake people make is they hire fast and fire slowly. And you need to do the opposite. You need to hire slowly and fire fast. And mm-hmm. um, I think what he's talking about recruiting is that you really want to look for the very best people. You don't want to sit there and go, okay, well, we interviewed five people, this guy or this girl, she seems like the best one hire home. I seems good enough. No. Because... A false positive can be a is a huge cost to the organization because if they come in and it's all this time training and get up to speed, negotiating, and now there are problems and nobody wants to talk about them because they're not sure. Maybe it's just they need more time, and then it is a problem, and now is there going to be a lawsuit because it's going to you know we're firing someone and they don't think it's co- I mean it's, it's a nightmare, right? And then their team is demoralized because persons- how do you? But like the how do you even like hire people? Like the okay, Elon Musk um, has something that he says to every candidate. Um, which I think is so much better than a lot of the hiring practices that I've heard about. Yeah, I know, been, I know what you're going to say. Myself. Yeah. Basically, he he asks people, "What's the hardest thing? What is the the hardest, most impressive thing you've ever accomplished?" And like, how did you do it? And then they 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 then tell him, and then he sort of drills down on the details of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the smartest question. It is <laughs> because it's like it's real world pragmatic, and you can just really drill into it. You know, like. It's so much better than leak code type stuff, which is just fucking irrelevant. Except if what they've done is outside your area where you really understand it and they can kind of bullshit you about it. I mean, Elon Musk is a a highly, highly intelligent person who who has knowledge about a lot of things. So he's probably better at that than a lot of people. Right. So, and especially, but if you're, if he's, if you're, if he's hiring someone for Tesla or SpaceX and he, they're hiring people for roles within there, he probably has a lot of expertise in, in, in the area that they're hiring somebody, you know, assuming it's technical. And he can do that. A lot of people might just, might not have the ability to, um, or even the personality to really push on people. Right. He's talking about technical, I think. Yeah. For, I think uh, he's not, he's not for those angry, kind of But, um, I, I mean, I think it is. I think it is. But once people know that that's the question they ask and they can prep for it, they're like, well, I, you know, they got to spend a lot of time. I mean, people can game anything, right? People yeah. can somewhere and say, hey, let me think really hard about this thing I did and let me work and research around it, kind of, kind of write up a story and what were the natural questions and I'll get people to ask, what were the questions you drill on? Let me come up with the answers for those and then they kind of, you right? I mean, you can game anything. But this is a, it is a good this, question. <laughs> that's a good question. Okay, th- this next oh, well, one, but here's, ten- I want to ask one other thing. Uh, oh, so yeah, the the yeah. other thing is, um, uh, so for the, all the people that we've hired, they were all hired as contractors, and it was all just a temporary thing. Justin, yeah. so Justin, I hired him. He was like subbing for us first. Actually, before he even subbed for us, he was like tutoring Colby and abstract algebra on Saturdays. Right, because I think yeah, I told you that because you Kobe was taking abstract algebra sophomore year, and he had so and his football practices took all his time. So he had no time to do his homework during the week, and I felt like he wasn't getting enough time to. And how how did you first meet Justin? He was just a, a he was you know, a tutor. Your ad, you put an ad. He or was something? a tutor for a kid who was like really young, who was high, really this high gifted kid, and mom was really interested in math academy, even though he was too young for math academy, and wondered if she could meet Sandy for coffee, just ask some questions. So Sandy did, and he brought Justin along. 
and Justin was the tutor who was working with this kid. And Sandy said, hey, you know, mm. if you're ever in tutoring or, t- you know, we could use help, you know. And so um, he had his card, Justin's card or phone number or something. Um, so mm. hired him to tutor Colby. And then I, you know, we would chit chat for 10 minutes after Colby's sessions and talk about stuff. And I got to know him a little bit. And he showed me some stuff that he had worked on, on his own. And then I hired him to, you know, I think he uh, like subbed or TA'd for us for a while. He did the t- tutor. T- what does TA uh, teaching mean? assistant? So we would have like a weekly oh, TA yeah, session okay, yeah. for yeah, you know, and then oh, this was when you were going in and teaching in Pasadena, and you had a TA yeah, yeah. for some, and then he would sub for anyone's missing for a while, and then he became a, well, but actually before, and, and then I asked, and I hired him because he didn't have the PhD, right? No, he no, didn't have the PhD. I mean, he, that was the reason no, why. No, but well, yeah. I wasn't hiring him for that time. He wasn't doing content, but then I hired him to do uh, videos. I was like, we need to trench videos, yeah, oh yeah. and he started doing that. that. And it was funny because at first, I mean, like Alex was not impressed with the videos. Justin, Alex is like, no, and I'm like, well, let's. He's Justin is takes feedback really well. Like he'll, and then after like the eighth or tenth iteration, they were they were really on point. And Alex is like, oh, those are good. And I'm like, yeah, I like just, <laughs> um, and um, so you what happened with Justin though is that I could tell obviously he was super smart. And I could tell that, I mean, I knew, knew the kind of degree he had. I knew the kind of math he knew. I knew the stuff he had done. He was clearly an intelligent, competent person. But he was very, very, like, responsible, show up on time, do a good job, not make excuses, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, he's just a reliable person. And then um, and he took feedback, right? Would make immediate adjustments. Like, when we were doing that, I'm like, that's a really good thing. And then I asked him, I said, hey, do you want to work on this model? So I need, I need another brain to work on this with. And I knew he had done data science, machine learning stuff. And so we um, started uh, working on that together. And um, but and we worked really, really closely for a long time. And then he started becoming a little more space and he would go off and work on stuff. And he would still be sitting in the room right next to me. And then we still bat a lot of back and forth. But over time, he got more autonomy and he had more, we were giving him more and more stuff to do. And eventually, you know, he was doing a ton of stuff. And it was totally like, all right, that's just Justin's, you know, world. Just ask him. He'll take care of it. Right. Um, but here's the thing is, it was a slow process. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would, mm-hmm. there would be no way to know ahead of time that he was capable of doing any of those things. And Alex, the same thing I hired him. I hired him as a tutorial writer mm-hmm. by the hour. And I quickly realized, okay, this guy's pretty smart and he he's, has full-time availability. And I was like, hey, do you think you could maybe do some of this? And I and it expanded out more. I was like, hey, do you think you could maybe manage these people? And then eventually, you know, it was over a period, a period of a few months of just realizing he had more and more capability, right? And then and then I enjoyed working. I enjoyed so, talking with him. So, so maybe it's not a spend more time recruiting, but it's like, it's like, Maybe yes, spend more time recruiting, but also spend more time nurturing, evaluating, you know, evaluating. I think, I think, I think yeah. giving people, I think nurturing. I mean, if that sounds a little weird, um, wrong word. I mean, yeah, I understand mean, what you're saying. I bet yeah. it's more like, all right, you did a good job with this. Um, could you do this? You know, because the yeah. times I hate a mistake and I hired someone and expect them to, okay, I'm gonna hire you. You're gonna do all this stuff. It's been a fail. Even people who I yeah. thought were highly capable and high, it just it just did not work. And but the opposite, and you know, maybe I have a small sample size, and you could say that, and that's as true. But I really like 
limit the risk, bring someone on in some kind of limited fashion and have them do more and more. And, and then you kind of realize what the extent of their capability is, right? And then if you're lucky, you get people like Alex and Justin who have, you know, huge capability and 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 huge well, reliability and like all right that's a you know what i mean but you usually don't find that out until later like even for justin yeah like the stuff that he does has continued to grow over a period of years it wasn't like well it was a few months yeah, but it's yes. like years like he was young he was young when you first well, met he's him. still I mean, young he's like, he's like what, 27 or something i mean he's still a kid yeah, i mean he was in his 20s when you first when he was yeah, first he still working is. with you right so that's early 20s i mean he was like 20 he was like 22 or three 20, i mean he was like he's, 22, like, he's right. young right 20 i don't know something like that he's like a year out of college and uh um you know, alex it ramped up a little faster because i had a real need uh like i need I really I need someone to hire and manage a content team, right? And not just create content and create curriculum and stuff. But it did take a lot of interaction back and forth for him to understand kind of really how I saw this stuff, how it needed to work, what was the the formula. I mean, there was a lot to it, stuff that I had been working on in in, in my in you know kind of over the years, just sort of developing initial versions of this, but. Um, in both cases, again, it's a it's a it's a slower process, and I don't know I don't know if you can always replicate that, but um, I don't know how you can really get a great idea of what people are capable of just by a, a handful of rounds of interviews and stuff, or even a take home project. No. It's yeah. just you know, at some point you no, have to take no. a get, you have to just no take idea. a shot. It's like yeah. I don't know, man. I think this person seems smart. They seem reliable, and sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes you don't. Okay, number ten. And I think it's it speaks to the same thing we've just been speaking about, so you could probably speak to it pretty quick. Uh, number 10, superstars are even more valuable than they seem, but you have to evaluate people on their net impact uh, on the performance of the organization. Yeah, I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. Well, you know, one thing yeah, I wanted to say about all this is, like, um, you're talking about, there's a great book um, about the PayPal Mafia about PayPal and X and all mm-hmm. stuff. I can't remember yeah. which the last one was called. It might have been called the PayPal Mafia or something. Um, but um, you know, all the guy, you know, whether you're talking about you know the guys who started Yelp and Yammer and YouTube and everything else, all these super smart people that came out of there. It's like, well, how did Peter Thiel and and um, um, Elon? identify these people because a lot of people were they had almost no track record right they were just people they knew from college and stuff and so they said it seemed like you know particularly teal because he he think more of the people who ended up becoming part of the mafia people who later went on and did massive things or i think people he had pulled in as opposed to uh, elon but um he seemed to have some preternatural ability to sense like this person has high capability. I know they're like young and they really haven't done much, but I can just tell like this person is sharp, <laughs> hardworking, insightful, creative, confident. I mean, they got no real skills yet, but this person's going to, this person is going to. Going to be a tech bro one day. Oh, tech bro. But they're going to be, a um, you know, I, I mean, they, I think tech bro is the absolute wrong word. You're going to be someone who's going to, um, make a difference somebody can make a huge impact all right are you you ready for the next one okay i don't know i'm okay i'll just read it fast iteration can make up for a lot it's usually okay to be wrong if you iterate quickly plans should be measured in plans should be measured in decades execution should be measured in weeks 
Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think you can only have like a sense of things. I mean, if people over plan, it's like consultants, they spend all this time planning all this stuff, writing business plans, marketing plans. But, you know, you, you, the further out you get from today, the less and less accurate your prediction is. And they can be totally inaccurate because it's like, I think a lot of things are path dependent. And, um, so, and the guys at 37 Signals, like- Jason Fried and, um, and what's his face, DHH, and, um, they're, they're always, they've talked about this for, 20 years but just, just but it's make like small it's choices like, um, and iterate it's like with with lightwave like we know we from the get-go we said okay this is going to take five years you know that's not where you were but, that but you the execution then. that's not what you were saying well let's rewrite history that's what i say now <laughs> but but the execute but the execution um is we try and try and do that well yeah quick. i mean you're, well yeah it, it, the thing is that you want to um you have an overall sense of where things are going to go, but you don't know exactly how the, how it's going to work out. You're like, uh, you know, I mean, Math Academy, I've, I've had a pretty clear idea of where this was going to go. I think if you go back in the in, and look at back early episodes, you say, okay, Jason was talking about the space repetition and automated thing back, Knowledge Graph 2013, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot. It's a windy path. How you get there, it's you just a, don't know. And a lot of work. well, you know, Sandy and I were talking about. We were trying to come up with sort. Of, we were kind of working on an annual plan. Like, what are we going to do this year? And we do have a list of things that we think we want to get done, but we're really focusing on the first quarter. You know, things because it's like, mm. you know, it's, I mean, like it's like the stuff I told you before. It's like it doesn't matter what the annual plan is if these broken things aren't working. Like, you got to get this stuff done. Right. And sometimes it's just this is this like get up, get all this basic stuff done and then pick your head up and then see where we're at. Because three months go by and, and the world might have changed a little bit. Like circumstances might have changed. It's like that that visual of like a car driving down a windy lane at night and you can only sort of see what the headlamps can see. That's right. You know, that's right. I mean, you have a sense. We know uh, we're going into the, you know, wooded area. We know we're going to see you have the sense of things context, but you you're just really focused on what's in front of you with an overall sense of what you're doing and just continually update it. Um, one, one other thing I want to say about that. Um, damn it. Forgot my train of thought. Doesn't matter. D- number 12. We're getting close to the end of this list and the end of the show. Don't fight the business equivalent of the law of physics. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's one of the mistakes that the recent uh, zero interest rate policy you know, uh, cause is it, is it allowed when you, when you get easy money, which basically means that you can get a lot of investment for out for, for stuff that hasn't been proven out. Right. And, um, so you get a lot of money being put into dumb ideas or unproven ideas, ultimately bad ideas and they over hire and stuff like that. So it's like, um, but the reality is at the end of the day, the buck's going to come due and, and, um, or the bill's going to come due and mixing my metaphors. The bill comes due and the bill is like, can you create a profitable, uh, a profitable, a consistently profitable enterprise or not? If you can't, you're in trouble. Now, sometimes you can do the greater full thing. We're going to get to raise money, raise money, sell the company and I'm out of here. And now it's somebody else's problem. And, you know, you see a lot, you see a lot of that kind of bullshit happen in the zero interest rate stuff. Cause there's so much money and nobody's paying that close attention. Right. They're all just like, Oh, balls and get this. And, you know, but, um, now that we're back down to earth, um, 
we're and we're more in a reality. But you you could kind of think about it like um, when you have the the sort of the cheap money, the zero interest rate or ZERP, you know, they sometimes call it. Period. It's it's almost like when um, people are allowed to tr- allowed to trade in high margin, right? So it's like I have mm, I have yeah, ten thousand yeah. dollars, but I'm trading a million dollars worth of stuff, and all it does is has to lose a little bit of money. You just kind of you get totally disconnected, and um, or like when the housing, when people could buy houses for like no money down and no proof of income and all that yeah. crap, and then they buy multiple houses, and then once reality hits, you realize that actually nobody has any money. <laughs> These things aren't worth anything. We keep making that same mistake in various different forms. Well, because people are incentivized. Okay, because th- people are incentivized to do it. Because politicians, um, politicians don't. Rea- people don't like reality. People like people like fantasy. People don't. You, people don't want to be told the truth. They want to be told what they want to hear. And particularly right. constituents of a political entity. They, you know, and so the people who get elected are the people who are telling everyone this what they want to hear and um and then they just keep pushing reality down the you know away and um one of the ways of doing that is making low interest rates it just um you know you have this sort of artificial growth everybody feels like they're making money and then and then all of a sudden there's more damage is done in the end but it's it's all because you know it's it's like uh you know people like i said people want to be told they want they want to be told what they want to hear all right, number 13. Okay, because we want to get through these 17. Otherwise, okay. it's going to be really frustrating. Yeah, to I got to get a lunch in, yeah. <laughs> Okay, inspiration is perishable and life goes by fast. Inaction is a particularly insidious type of risk. 100%. Yeah, it's like you got to do shit. I mean, yeah. that, I mean you, 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 know, you, you want to, um, by actually doing stuff, you get information. I did X, Y happens or Y doesn't happen. Right. And if, you know, it's easy for if when you don't do stuff to sit there and, and just invent some bullshit outcome that you think is going to happen. Oh, this is going to totally work. You don't know that. <laughs> like, you don't know that. So it's like we're talking about the diagnostic. Maybe it'll make maybe it'll be a huge growth driver. Maybe it won't. We won't know until we do it. Right. Do it. So that's why it's easy to do things that that don't take as much time because you get the results back. Especially so you're, you want to buy. And there's a, another way of saying is biasing towards action. Right, because action gets gets outcome, which leads to information. You have a better understanding of what happens, and of course, without action, you have no and nothing anyway. Right, that's everything is action. Number fourteen, scale often has surprising emergent properties. You know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take his word for it on that. You know, once I, yeah, okay. if, I get, if I ever get anything to scale, whatever constitutes scale, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll like, circle back and discuss the emergent properties. I mean, one of the emergent okay. properties is well, you know, there could be the good kind of scale, and that we just wow, we just have a lot of users, right? And so then there's some sort of virality, some sort of brand value because everybody knows about something. But then there's also the scale brings bureaucracy, which has its own properties, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. Compound number six, number fifteen. Compounding exponentials are magic. In particular, you really want to build a business that gets a compounding advantage with scale. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think what happens is, I mean, there's certain things that do you have a compounding more of a compounding effect than others. But a lot of times, I don't think you necessarily know that. I mean, you, there's certain things like, well, okay, well, social networks have like a real compounding. I mean, it's effect. it's really like saying. You build a business where you can game your own system. 
more than anyone else can game it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, well, I think okay. I think one uh, a way to think about it is like um, uh, SpaceX and okay. Now they can do Starlink, right? Right. Like, right. But the right. thing is, he probably wasn't really thinking about that back in the day. He wasn't thinking, oh, we'll create our own. A, you know uh constellation of communication satellites and what we'll like it's like people be no, like dude no. we're trying to get struck what are you even talking about um it isn't until later you realize you know what you know what ah ah you know what we've mm. just answered scale often has surprising emergent properties that's what i mean yeah we so we've answered the number 14 yeah. from the yeah well that's it. it's like sometimes it. yeah. opportunities happen because you realize your capabilities that you things that you've created and now allow for other right, right. other things to happen. Perfect example is AWS. Yes, right? AWS is another great example. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, number 16. Oh, so close, so close, uh, Chase. Okay. Get back up and keep going. Yeah, well, there's one, uh, one actual uh, truism about startups is you just get your punch in the face like every day, right? You just got to get it. Like, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that me that was a nasty email. Well, that we got a bunch of cancels today, or we got a huge bug that pissed a lot of people off. You're like, oh god. Yeah. You you have to um, you have to have a high level of resilience to deal with startups. Although as things start to work a little bit, it's it's less of that. It it works a little better. I mean, I have to say that now that we're getting kind of over the the hump in terms of like operational profitability, it's like uh, problems are less problematic less painful right because it's yeah. like you, yeah if you're at a startup and you're not prof i mean even if you're in even if you have a lot of venture capital and you haven't really reached a level of profit operational profitability stuff it's like, like we could die this thing is may not work at all everything is painful but once you've reached a certain level yeah. of profitability you're like okay um yes we could have a competitor come in this space and does something to change the landscape or other things could happen but it's a much higher degree of like of um there's much less anxiety you know but you will still get knocked down there will still be bad day. but one thing i try and do is i try not to get too excited or too down when things go down side side uh, uh topic do you think math academy has a significant moat yeah yeah i think we do i mean the the, the thing is that you'd have to create a lot of content to create. now it, it doesn't mean that you can't compete with us or people might compete with a part of us. Right. And I mean, we're still tiny. Um, you know, anybody with any, um, size is like, it's not clear. These, there's even really a market here. Like these guys have a tiny little, it's a, you know, mom and pop pipsqueak company. It's nothing. So no, nobody with any scale or is probably even wasting time thinking would even pay any attention to us. Um, but nobody who's small would be like, yeah, I'm going to build all this crap and build all this content. It's like, no, it's a million easier things. Like, you know what? I'm going to do some of large language models. That seems fun and easier, right? I mean, why yeah, would you right. like, yeah, let's go and. Which is what, which what people ha have been doing. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm wondering how could that possibly compete with Math Academy? I mean, like those large language models tutoring. No. It's not going to chew to what math no, academy does, not. and then it, it, people are always taking shortcuts, right? Well, so what you have is you have, um, you know, if you have a hammer, everything's a nail, right? So it's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm some uh, software developer who's good at likes math. Ooh, I wonder if I could LLM to kind of get good at solving math problems and tutoring stuff. So that's what they're going to try and do, right? 
they're not going right. to go write, you know, 50,000 math questions and all this content because yeah. they're like, I don't want to do it. I can't, you can't do it. So they're going to try and comes kind of some kind of shortcut, but then it doesn't really solve the problem. But the problem is, is that, or the, the issue is that you have a lot of people it sounds sexy. Everybody's like the, everybody got kind of totally high on the whole on the AI. He's going to solve everything, you know. Artificial general intelligence, he can do anything. Everybody got told, everybody fooled by that bullshit, right? And thinking that that, that it was just about to take off and singularity was about to happen or whatever they thought was going to happen, and um, and uh, the idea of like chatting with some tutor, everybody has this kind of idea like, oh, that is just so cool. But it's like, can you imagine telling your 12-year-old, like, you know, just go chat with a chatbot about how to solve this. Kids going to be like, I just can I just show how to do it? I don't, I don't, you know, it's like nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to, like, get into discussion about how to solve a quadratic equation, right? This is some of the simplest thing to show us I can do it. All right. Um, moving back. This is the last one, number 17. And this is, this is, I mean, this might as well be a Hallmark card. Working with great people is one of the best parts of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but working yeah. with bad people is the worst. <laughs> That's really true. That's what I just say. And working with bad people really is bad. Yeah. And, and bad people really can be bad. just people who have <laughs> different worldviews and different are, are are unaligned with you and are sort of undermining or passive, being passive aggressive and sandbagging in some way or are just completely incompetent or dysfunctional and are kind of excuse making and you know there's a lot of different ways that people can be bad they're not bad human beings but they're a nightmare to work with right and um you know have you ever had to have an extended period of time working with someone like oh, that yeah. In your whole career? Yeah. And so, like, wh how did you deal with it? Like, did you just leave? Like, what did you do? Well, I can't get too into details, but I can tell you, like, it was really pissed me off. And I was angry. I would, it would just, I was PTSD. I was so angry. Like, I was just like, okay, really, yeah. And hard time sleeping. Just so mad. Jeez. Um, and, um. You know, it's it's just uh, it's really really frustrating, and um, that's why I'm with Math Academy. It's like you know, we're complete control what's going on. I don't have to let anyone in who I don't think is great. And if I don't, look, if I don't, and yeah, keep them out. And so we'll keep the teams tight, small. Only you know, SEAL Team Six. I only want A plus plus players who are yeah, not only highly competent and um smart and reliable but are uh are uh calm and friendly and mm. optimistic and easy to work with the no asshole what's well, worse than no asshole i mean yeah i mean no no asshole is a low bar you say well he's not an asshole <laughs> like okay like that's <laughs> yeah. like nothing like no way above no asshole like just because you're not <laughs> like, an asshole does not mean you're still team six there's a skyscraper really, of okay, difference you, between the you two. Need you need SEAL Team Six. You, You're not SEAL Team like, Six. Okay, I'm not interested. Just not interested. I mean, well, we can auto if you blow that, we'll just automate it. We'll just build some tool to do it. But like you said, you didn't know that Justin was SEAL Team Six until after working with him for five years. Yeah, I mean, early days, I was like, dude, I just need, can you help me with this, or can maybe you know, right? I mean, 
But again, you know, they're kind of outside. So could you could that happen outside again? the could fire? Ha- could could another see, they're outside the firewall to start, right? That's what I'm saying. Is that you okay, want to keep people okay. outside the firewall yeah. so that and you have them doing limited stuff, and you really prove themselves, and t- not only in terms of their skills and work ethic and creativity, but also how they are to deal with as a human being. Like, is this someone I like talking to? You know, I mean, I like talking to Justin and Alex. And obviously I like mm. talking to Sandy. So it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, I'm like, am I doing a call with Alex? Cause I really, we really need to go to stuff. Or is this going to like talking to him? <laughs> hey man, what's going on? So what's going on with the team? I'm like, sometimes I think, you know, he probably should get This could have been like a few Slack messages, but you know, I like Alex. It's just fun to talk to him. You know, same with Justin. So <laughs> Justin, nice. what's going on? Let's just, you know, I mean, I try not to do that because like, I, I got shit to do, but I, but you know, you're all, you know, you got the right people when you're doing that. Right. You're you're calling right. up people who you're paying. Right. Just because you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, maybe I'm wasting their time. <laughs> right. Maybe <laughs> just is probably has stuff to do that just kind of, you know, bullshit about, you know, some some of these things. You know, we could turning a 20 minute conversation to 45 minutes just because it's fun. So but you're right. You're right. You, you get I mean, I talk, I mean, you know, people can be the greatest joy. They can be the greatest misery. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and and um, that's why you have to. It goes back to the very first thing, or, or was first or second thing that Sam Altman said about like being really spending a lot of time recruiting, which is spending a lot, being very very careful. It's like people like be really careful who you marry. Right, mm-hmm. be extremely careful. It's like the most mm-hmm. important decision you're ever going to make. Be really really careful who you partner with in a business or whatever. I mean, it's, it's like you can't get out of it. You know, if the business is, is, doesn't fail, it's like you're you know whatever so yeah it's like the most important thing all right any good shows just yeah to wrap sorry up? um two things i uh gaslit which is about martha mitchell and well mostly it's not just about martha mitchell she's one of the main characters um it's all about the water great break-in stuff and it's on mm. prime really good julia roberts plays martha mitchell sean penn is her husband john mitchell who was the uh, district uh, u.s attorney and he he uh ran uh, creep which is the committee to reelect the president which did all the water break break-ins and stuff really good hmm. really good gaslit. gaslit i mean it's a series i don't know how long it goes but sandy and i i mean i'm just laughing out loud and i keep turning so i'm like this is and afterwards like this is really good she's like yeah right you know i mean she knows everything about watergate like she's like okay well this guy and magruder well the thing about mccord well this is actually slightly out of sequence because she's read like 10 books on this though so she's like a Okay, it was fun. So that was the only thing. The other, thing, the other random thing I wanted to mention is, um, there's this YouTube uh, seri- uh channel that I really like called Clownfish TV, and they just kind of covered like all things in sort of geekdom, like uh, you know, uh, science fiction movies, video games, comic books, anime, and and sort of like the you know, the whole um culture and world around it, and the news around it. And it's a husband and wife team, which I, I kind of like too. Um, and the guy's handle is Neon, and the wife she goes by Geeky Sparkles. And she just is so they're so funny because he's like he always says stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, like because he's talking about a bunch of these uh, biz- these sites that have gone out of business. He's like, yeah, you know, if you don't if you don't create create content people want, you know, but then it's just, it's just going to go to business. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> He's like, this so funny. He's just like, I'm just saying. What's, what's just the name saying. of it again? Clownfish TV. And I, I watched it a few times on YouTube on the 
TV or whatever. And then I found it as a great background music because a great background when I'm coding because it's it's yeah. it's funny in itself, but it, it but it moves slowly enough that I it doesn't pull my attention away, but it's enough to keep me from getting okay. distracted. Yeah, Clownfish TV. All I don't right. know. I just I I was listening. I I mean I was yeah listening to it or watching in the back kind of background as it's coding yesterday, and I was like, you know, I should be this show. Clownfish TV is. That's the, 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 I'll check the it out. That, for sure. You? I finally got round to watching Ready Player One, I think 12 years after everyone else. And, um, yeah. Six out of 10. I was surprised. I was surprised at how they really do, like, a lot of movies really do ask you to suspend disbelief, but, like, this one was just really, really ridiculous. Like, what, what, what was especially ridiculous? Have you seen Ready mm-hmm. Player One? Yeah. Uh, what was especially ridiculous about it was, you know, everyone is in their like um, virtual reality goggles mm-hmm. or whatever, but, but like the baddies have a layer, and there's like, I don't know, a hundred people in in like rows upon rows of people sitting in their goggles, and like when when they get like killed, their whole um, thing they're sitting in like shines bright red and they have to like get out of it and then they have to go and move into another chair and it's, it's just like it's like dude you fucking program this system like you, you can make it work any way you want like it's the, it, like the fact that this thing goes red and they have to get out of the chair when someone gets hit in this virtual world it that's on you don't be dumb don't program stupid shit <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's it it missed so many points. Well, okay, like, I mean, I think Ready Player One was basic. A, I think it was a it was like a written for a young adult teen, right? It was like a two two right, series, right, like The right. Virgins and all these other ones. So it's like, what do you expect, right? I mean, this is not <laughs> you know sophisticated science fiction or anything. So not a big surprise. I mean, it was fine to take the kids anyway. when they were like middle school or whatever, whenever it came out. I was like, yeah. yes, you know, whatever. It was six kids liked it at the time because they're like little. Yep, but I'm sure they did. All right, anything else? Uh, nothing comes All right, to I want mind. something better out of you next week. I don't want a 6 out of 10. I want something oh, good. Really? Yeah, you want strong recommendations. Like, well, I, well, I, I like, keep... Okay, so, so, so don't mention don't the stuff mention that I watched Don't mention crap that's 12 years old that no one should watch anyway. Like, who cares? <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not looking for stuff. Like, everybody's like... I Not only has everyone already seen it, they'd almost forgotten about it was so who cares. Like, watch good shit. Okay. JV, come on, watch man. Good like, stuff. watch something. Well, recommendations. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know this restaurant, it was very mediocre. Like, The reason why I don't want to watch good stuff is because then I'll get into it and then I won't code Lightwave. Like, that. the problem is I've got such an addictive brain. If anything comes by that's actually good, it like, then that just consumes me. So I try and watch bad teenage crap. Well, we'll just hear it. And uh, it'll be called, and more stuff to avoid from Justin Vincent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a wrap. We're out.